and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I am Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And we have a guest! Hi! I'm Jackie. Hello. Yay! Uh, so, Jackie is uh, a friend who really likes the game we played, but also additionally is the uh, producer on the indie game that I've been writing for. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So, uh, what all have you been up to? We promised Thanksgiving stories last time. Anybody have any fun Thanksgiving stories? Uh, so my nope. fun, my fun Thanksgiving story is that my parents or my family surprised me by flying my boyfriend out here uh, from the So he's. We actually did Thanksgiving uh, as a family the weekend before Thanksgiving, and my boyfriend is still here. Aww. <laughs> we, just, we just got him like a one-way ticket, and it's like you can go back whenever you feel like it. So he's actually <laughs> he's flying back. Uh, back he's stuck. Just, He's not stuck. He's flying back on Tuesday morning. (laughs) That that is a good way to get someone stuck. It's like, hey, I'm going to pay for your plane ticket, but only one way. (laughs) (laughs) So that's cool. That's super rad. We've been doing nothing, which is great to do with your significant other. Uh, I think think he's playing uh, Breath of the Wild right now downstairs because uh, I have a Switch and he doesn't, so... (laughs) <laughs> he, he even bought two games just for my Switch for him to play while he's here. So when he leaves, I get to just have Mario Kart 8 and Runner 3 just nice. to have until he I buys mean, his own Switch, I guess. It sounds like the Switch is like the thing lately. See, I feel like everybody I know just kind of incidentally yeah. picked up a Switch. I think. Well, it's. Uh, I think there were some pretty good deals recently, so. Yeah, yeah, and it's just a cheap console in general, too. Yeah. It's, you know, in comparison, at least. And there's a lot of rumors that Nintendo is going to be unveiling the next iteration soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, which means probably a lot of people trading in their current model. Mm. So. <sighs> I, I, I need to pick up a PS4 sometime by the end of the year because Kingdom Hearts is coming out in January <laughs> and I, I need to be able to play it. Yeah. A requirement. I, look, I've, this is, I'm gonna get some grief for this. I've literally only played the first game. Uh, I am planning. That's fine. I know. I, yeah. I, I have at least one friend who's like, you need to play all of the games, but it's like, I you mean, absolutely do not need to play all of the games. You only need to play all of the games if you want to understand the plot, but no one understands exactly. the plot, so it's fine. <laughs> it's isn't there, isn't there some sort of like, I thought with the new Kingdom Hearts they were gonna be releasing some sort of like review of the plot with it? I think, I think that's, they have an edition called like the story so far, which yeah, yeah. I think is like a bundle of all of the remixes in one single package, I think, is what that is. Um, yeah. I don't know, For the I, PS4? Yeah. And then I think there's also a bundle that will just give you uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Okay. If, you, uh, if you want to play the games that are most relevant to, like, the plot stuff that you need to know, you would want to play... Um, 
probably um, Birth by Sleep and the second full game. Yeah. Um, I mean, my boyfriend. If has... you want to play the one that's fun, play the 3DS one, Dream Drop Distance. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, my boyfriend does have the remixes, so I'm at least going to play those, which should get me up to speed eventually. Yeah, I mean, the remixes are the same game, basically. Yeah, so um, with, with like, little interstitial cutscenes from all of the, what, like, the Game Boy Advance <laughs> version. Yeah, and I think there's, like, seven of those games now, something like that. Um, <sighs> and, I mean... I don't know if I've actually played all of them because I feel like there was at least one Japan only release title. Um, uh, but I've sure as heck played a lot of them. Is the Japan only one like a mobile gotcha type thing? Well, so I don't know. There was, there's one that's, uh, called Recoded, which was like phones only. Um, but that one was re-released for DS in the US, so I yeah. did play that. And then there's one that it looks like so in one of the, you know, two point something something remix, they released like a uh, just a set of cutscenes um yeah. that are of like a side story and I think those might be the plot of a they really look like they're cutscenes from a game uh that happened that we just don't have the game play for, so I suspect that might be another mobile game that was Japan only, but I haven't actually done as much reading into the lore as one might expect, considering my fan status on this series. Yeah, I'm looking, the one that I was thinking of, which it looks like it has been released in the States, was uh, Kingdom Hearts Cross, I think is how it's stylized, it's an X, Uh, uh, a Greek letter X, so. Oh, that's, yeah, that's pronounced key. That's oh, the I, Greek symbol key, which is yeah, okay. the most confusing, horrible. Yeah, yeah. I've I've heard people say that it's like supposed to be pronounced as cross, but who knows? Okay. It's like it's like the Gundam series with the upside down A, and it's called <laughs> and it's called Turn A Gundam is what it's like stylized as. Okay. <gasps> okay. Okay. Yeah, I only know about uh, Turn A because it was the last one that was animated. Like by hand on cells, so. I see. Yeah. Well, this—if this one was released in the U.S., I may have to get it. But they do. So the the plot has become about they're trying to forge this like mythic ultra keyblade thing, and it's called the Keyblade, but with like the Greek symbol key instead of the word key, which is just the most confusing. Uh, why? Why? Yeah. I think they should just roll with it. Make it even more confusing. I mean, I, they kind of seem to be going there. They did. So the reason everybody hates my favorite one, which is Dream Drop Distance, uh, is because in that one they introduce time travel into the narrative, oh, and everyone's right. like, "Well, yeah." I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Yeah. And so, yeah, fans have just kind of thrown up their hands, like, "You've got to be kidding me!" But yeah, I'm I, I'm cool with it. I think that one was super super fun. So. Yeah, I I watch I don't I don't know why, but I watch all of the trailers just to just to see what's going on. Uh see the spectacle. Yeah. Like I'll watch the trailer and then I'll go to one of my friends who is really into Kingdom Hearts and be like, Look, what's what's exciting about this? Please explain this to me. I mean yeah. even the trailers for Kingdom Hearts are so bizarre. They really are. 
it's just a bunch of random clips cut together. And the the way that the audio is mixed in them, like there are no that like there's no fully, there's just dialogue and music, and it's like the levels are weird, and it's every time I watch one, it's like slightly off putting to me. But, <laughs> eh, they are they are specifically designed to make fans of the series get as nuts as possible, uh, and yet make no sense at all from an outside perspective. I just remember I was I was on Discord with some friends uh, at whatever whatever trade show was like the big reveal, uh, and I just remember like listening to my friends all scream like Aqua got norted. No, she did. Yeah, no, it was a blow. It was a serious blow to the fans. And no I, one understands what that means, but oh, I understand oh, what man. that means. Like I, I, I sort of do, I guess. But I don't understand what the implications of it are. It basically means she got possessed by evil. We didn't yeah. realize that she's possessed by evil, but she's possessed by evil. Ugh, Aqua, how could you do this to us? I know sh- she's the best. She's like also like one of the only worthwhile female characters in the series, so it's a blow. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so that's been the Kingdom Hearts segment. Of, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not the game we played this week. Uh, I wish, but no. Um, God, I could, I don't know if this podcast could talk about Kingdom Hearts for two hours. Probably we could. We'd find something to say. We, but. I mean, if we did a Kingdom Hearts episode, it would probably be like a, a general overview and it would take four hours. It would be like one of our, it would probably end up being our longest episode, I feel like, if we actually did that. Yeah, I guess it depends on how much depth we go into. If we gave it the like, brothers, treatment then yeah yeah <laughs> uh, anyway i don't know jackie anything fun over the past couple weeks that you've been up to well i had thanksgiving too we uh last minute meh, well a week ahead of time my family found out that my family from idaho was coming over and so we suddenly had 27 people over for thanksgiving <laughs> it was was massive. It was massive. How do you cook for that many people? You you make a turkey. You make two pork loins and like a I forget. I don't remember what the cut of beef was, but you go to Cash and Carry, which is basically like a small like it's the place where all of the like food carts and stuff go and get their food supplies. And so you know, just like those little places. So you go there because you can buy just like entire. Uh, uncut, you know, pieces of sirloin or, or whatever. And, and then you make just five pounds of potatoes, mashed potatoes. <laughs> they ate all of the mashed potatoes. I was going to say, I think we made five pounds of potatoes. Yeah. But we didn't, we didn't finish it. So. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah. And you just make, you just make everything. Just we, I, there were like five different salads and stuff. It was crazy. It was, it was pretty crazy, but it was, it was good to see my, my family from over there. Cause I don't get to see them very often. So. That's good. Yeah. Worth and then I'm getting out of a cold, so my voice is like half an octave lower than it normally is. <laughs> That's okay. No one will know. It's it's the a different. Good, it's a good podcast voice. Oh, good, it's good. A, it's a very like Ross Doyle from Frasier kind of thing. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Nice. I was just actually re-listening to uh, our older podcast. Speaking of uh, good radio voices, we used to have an additional co-host who had a very excellent radio voice. Yep. Uh, so I was I went back and listened to some old episodes and I'm like, 
Dang. <laughs> um, we should do for like when we hit episode a hundred, we should do some kind of retrospective where we like go back and listen to a bunch of old podcasts and talk about which one's our favorite or something. Oh god. <laughs> That's gonna be a lot of homework. But well, we don't. <laughs> we could like each pick three or something. I, I would be for that. Or like, I mean, we spend like six, twelve. You know, at, we often spend like ten to twelve hours playing a game. So you could spend ten to twelve hours listening to a podcast. That's true. And you can multitask while you're doing that. Yep. True. Um, but yeah, I listened to the old one for Rus, which was like our like third or something really really early. Yeah, that, was, that was very wow. Early. <laughs> I don't That's remember what game. put me onto it, but I love that game so much. It's a good game. I haven't played it in a while. I need to download it and see if it runs still. Yeah, I don't uh, like it. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like resource management games, so I don't know why I enjoy resource resource management games, but I do. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've also been I've been playing a ton of um, Opus Magnum. I just finished that mm-hmm. game. Finished the main campaign of that game. Oh yeah, I've seen you. I've seen you playing it on Steam, and I'm every time I see it, I like I pray to God that you don't suggest it for that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that game looks so not enjoyable to me. Oh, I mean it's a it's a programming game, so it's a game. For if you like, you know, like logical thinking puzzles, um, it's fine. It's like we don't have to do it. Um, but I, the, actually, the reason I feel like we probably won't end up doing it is just because Sean already played it on play by play. Yeah, that's true. Um, and so, you know, we would just be rehashing it. But for what it's worth, uh, I enjoyed the heck out of it. And it has like one of the best social media integrations uh, that I've ever seen because it's like a one button click to export a GIF of your solution uh, to your desktop. Um, and then you can just post it and it looks fantastic and it makes you feel like super clever. And they put it, the button is there right at the point when you finish a puzzle. So you feel like super smart and clever and you're like really excited to share how clever you are. That's nice. That's really nice. Yeah. I, so, I appreciate uh, good social media integration, uh, and a lot of games don't have good or any. <laughs> so yeah, that that used to be all the rage like ten years ago, like yeah. when Facebook games were the huge thing. Oh, yeah. Like you could not get a game without some kind of social media integration. Yeah, it's like uh, uh, Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery. Had mm-hmm. that like that was a huge deal with that game. It, I remember. Could you just like tweet every time you finished a chapter or something ridiculous like that. I think it, I feel like it was even more ridiculous than that. Like you could just tweet at any time what where you were or what you were doing. It might not have been oh, that bad, funny. but I remember there was a whole lot of Twitter. And yeah, uh, in retrospect, in. that's real dumb. Why was that yeah. in that game? <laughs> that's funny. I don't even remember that. I remember playing that game, but I don't remember that. Maybe it's because I didn't have a Twitter at the time. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like a you know, press button to tweet. And I'm like, uh, all right. I guess it made sense in the context of the game, like in the game climate of the time. Everybody had to have some kind of social media integration. Um, but in retrospect, it's really bad. Yeah. I wonder if it'll still have that when they re-release it on Switch, because they're releasing it on Switch soon. I I think that the Switch does have um, 
some kind of Twitter integration. I saw someone like tweeting their screenshots of, I think Captain Toad. Uh, but nah. it's it's really bare bones. Like I think you can basically only tweet a screenshot. Like I don't know if you can even add text to it. <laughs> like it's something oh. strange like that. But oh yeah, I remember. I saw a tweet from someone that was he wanted to have some uh, inspiration for his work, and he couldn't export the files from his Switch, so he tweeted them and then downloaded them. <laughs> oh, no. That's a workaround. Yeah. yeah. That's like emailing yourself the, the files you need. Why are we still so bad at file transfer? It's like the future already. We should be better at like getting media from one device to another. Like that's I still do that with my phone. If I take a picture and I like need it on my computer for whatever reason, I just like Facebook message it to myself. Yeah. I think it's because you have to sacrifice a lot of privacy if you want everything to be synced between everything. Because, like, cloud services are a thing, and they work pretty well now. But, like, also, then all your yeah. stuff is in the possession of another company. Yeah. I mean, I Google already owns all my shit anyway. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I'm kind of fine with it. Yeah. See, for me, it's it's less the sacrifice of privacy and more just, I don't want to sign up for another account. Are you crazy? <laughs> like, do you know how yeah, many accounts I have everywhere? <sighs> yeah. That's how Google gets you, because it's just yeah. like, oh, Google Photos? Sure, I guess it's nice to have all my stuff backed up. Oh, look, I can access it on my desktop now, and then upload it to YouTube or wherever, and it's like, oh. Yeah, they, they, they got get a- me. They get a lot from owning a large share of like the social media market. Uh-huh. Now that I'm thinking about it, I guess that my phone generally. I guess that my phone already does have Google Photos, but like, I never, uh, I never remember that until it gives me a push notification of like, we've compiled all the photos that you've taken of your cat in the past month. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, thanks, Google. That's oddly specific of you. <laughs> like, do you want these to be? Like compiled into a book and printed and sent to you, we can do that. Like I would not yeah. like that. No, no, no. yeah. Uh. Oh. All right. Well, shall we talk about a game that we played? I think we should do that. Unless anyone else has any like daring stories of uh of the past three weeks. Uh, nope. Nope. All right. Uh, so we played. Wander Song, uh, which is a game by Greg Lobanov, Lobanov, uh, published in this year, actually, fairly recent, like September of this year. Uh, and it, who's the publisher? Okay. Pu- published by Humble Bundle, which is hilarious. Um, and it's a, it's a music game. It is a, an adventure game where you play as a bard. Um, so normally we try and do like, um, kind of a narrative overview and a mechanics overview. Uh, but I feel like we should just touch on what the mechanics are and then just go right into the narrative, uh, and explain the mechanics as we go because you kind of develop more, each level kind of has its own mechanics, which is pretty cool. Um, so it's a singing game. Uh, in a similar way to Aquaria, you hold down a, um, a button 
and that opens up a little wheel of notes around you, and then you just move over to the different notes. Uh, I, By the way, I played it on PC with mouse keyboard controls. I don't know what everybody chose to do for their various... I played on PC with a controller. I okay. played it on PC both with a controller and mouse and keyboard, and uh, just to try both of them out. And I found both of them to be, like, slightly lacking, but I guess, I, I don't know, I don't think there's any really way to make it better. <laughs> uh, yeah. And Jackie, did you do Switch? Switch, yep, played it on the Switch. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so we have some, we have some different, uh, we have some different perspectives on it. I did try and play a little bit for, with the controller, but I think I was having, um, some input issues, uh, possibly related to me having two things plugged in simultaneously. Um, so I ended up just going with mouse keyboard. Um, and you are, so you're a little bard, uh, and your goal is to sing your way around all problems. <laughs> Uh, so you start off in a little village uh, where you live, and the village is haunted, and you have to quell some ghosts. Um, I'm probably going to have to bring up like some kind of a walkthrough or something, uh, because I am not going to remember what all the parts of this game are. Oh, no, it doesn't start that way. It starts with a dream. Yeah. Uh, it starts with a dream you have uh, where you... Ooh, this game is loud. Um, you have a sword. Where, yes. Yep. Where you, oh, I forgot. About you can the barely sword. hold you're the right. sword up. Yeah. yeah, you're like quivering as you're holding it. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a sword, and you can you use in the same same mechanics. You use like uh, this circle around you to um, hold different uh, different items. Um, not hold different items to to like move the sword in different directions. Uh, as you're going, um, and, but you can't lift it, and you're terrible at it. And so then you uh, you meet like a little rainbow-haired girl, and she's like, "Hey, sorry you can't lift that sword. Um, the world is ending, and that sucks. Peace out." Um, she's nice about it for what it's worth. <laughs> Like she's she's super cool, but she's like, yeah, no, you know, like the goddess of the universe just decided that uh, it's time to end the world, uh, time to get a new one. So, yeah, sorry. And then you wake up in your town, in your normal village, and your town is haunted. Yep. Um, I was gonna say something, and I totally, totally forgot. Well, oh well. Think about how nice the rainbow-haired girl is. <laughs> She is super nice. She's just like she speaks in like a rainbow uh, text. All of the all of the speech in this game when people talk is all these like custom fonts and like wiggly words and like it's a very animated text. Um, which uh, this this game is just super cute. I was trying to remember what was the game that we played recently where we couldn't stop describing it as cute, where we just described every aspect of it as cute. Was it Donut County? Maybe it was Donut mm. County. <laughs> I mean, uh, we didn't have so, a whole lot to say about Donut County, so it would make sense that we just kept saying that it was cute. Yeah, so, uh, the, uh, so this game is also just insanely cute. It really and, is. uh, 
Yeah, that's art style, the kind of paper cutout looking art style and Yeah, and the and the little cute fonts and like mm-hmm. the the little character who's just like, "Hey, world is ending. Sorry, peace out." Um all of it all of it comes together in like just just a very cute aesthetic. Um no, scene select is what I want. So I can see what all of the scenes are. Story. All right, scene one in the dream. Uh, act one, the haunting in Langtree. So, yeah, so you go around. It's the usual, ty- you know, RPG adventure type story where you go around the town and you talk to everyone and you kind of learn about your tiny little village. Um, and it's like the usual crew of, like, motley NPCs. And there's a mayor, and she's like, oh, no, there's ghosts. i got to do something. But the ghosts. And then you learn to sing to the ghosts. And you learn that they are the spirits of the people who died in the village, and they've just come back to... Uh, you learn that after hey. after you um, get to meet the Dream King. Really? Is yes, that, well, because you can't speak then? to them. Yeah, because you can't speak okay. to them until the Dream King. Yeah, so, so you well, so you start you. by singing. You do start by singing to them, though. You right? do. Yeah, yes. yeah. So they're like they're like shaking and they're aggravated, and so you notice that they're moving in certain patterns, match the patterns, and that quells them. Yes. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the solutions are similar to the game Simon, where you just repeat yeah. the pattern that is presented to you. Yeah, they, with increasing complexity. They do actually have like a a very complex assortment of mechanics, considering they basically only have one mechanic. Yeah. Um, it kind of impressed me a lot. But anyway, um, yeah. So in this case, yeah, they go in a pattern. Uh, you move around and you you match the pattern, and so they they just I guess you just sort of quell them to start yeah. with. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, you should go see the Dream King. Um, cause he's, he lives in the spirit world and, and he, is it, at that point, are you going, do you already know about the end of the world and you're going to talk to him about that? Or is, are you just going to him for help about the ghosts? I think during the dream, doesn't, yeah. doesn't the Rainbow Hood girl tell you about the Earth song? She's like, look, you're not the hero, yeah. but yeah, there might be something you can do. Go to all of the, like, spirit realms and pick up the notes that you need to make the Earth song. Uh, yes, I think that's yeah. So you have to like yeah. So you have your lady. quest, yeah. yeah, right off the bat. Yeah, and there's a yeah, there's an old woman in the town who knows the song that you need to get into the spirit realm to meet the first of what are called the overseers, which are like seven spirit guardians of the universe. Um, that all they all kind of have a different aspect of the natural world and a dif- different aspect of music. Um, mm-hmm. And so you go and you go to a tree and you get to the tree's equivalent uh you you take the song you learned you sing it you get to the tree's equivalent in the spirit world uh and then you go meet the dream king who is a cat mm-hmm. uh, and he's kind of a lazy cat and he's yeah. like yeah don't feel like teaching you the earth song right now sorry well but isn't he like isn't he like no i'm not going to teach it to you because like no, it's important, and I'm not just going to give it to anybody, you know, so, you know, don't ask does, me again. Yeah, he does hint at, like, if I remember correctly, and now it's been, because I played this pretty early on in the three weeks, so it's been a week since I finished it. Yeah. Um, But I think he actually does say something like, maybe later, like, I'm not going to give it to you now, you know, possibly I will in the future, or something like that. 
Something sure. that implies that you will see him again. But one thing he does give you is the ability to speak the spirit language. Um, so you can hear him. Uh, and also, when you get back into town, you can also talk to ghosts, which is super convenient. Uh, and yes, that is when you learn that uh, the ghosts are... Um, Your loved ones. Are the, yeah, they're the people from the village. Uh, is there... So each of the dream worlds that you go into has its own kind of musical mechanic. Uh, I think the one for the Dream King is, that's like the flowers that grow mm-hmm. as yeah, you jump yeah. on them, right? Yeah. So you, there's like these little petals and you jump on them and then as you sing, uh, it will go in whatever, it will grow into in whatever direction you're, you are playing on the wheel, uh, until you run out of plant and then you have to jump off it. Um, which is which is pretty good. It's mostly not that hard to control. <laughs> so they do a few interesting things with it. Yeah, that's just that's how I would describe a lot of the like overseer spirit realm segments. Like it's mostly not that difficult, but there's always one section that that you <laughs> where you're like, why up, is this so yeah. hard? Like, yeah, this is insane it's not supposed to be a hard game. In, yeah. in one spot, and then it's over, and it's like, oh, that was fine, I guess. Yeah. What's really funny, I've had the benefit of watching, they haven't finished yet, but I have the benefit of, I have another friend who's playing it using my Switch. They've only gotten to like, uh, the turn in Act 4. And, uh, it was really funny watching him play it because he actually got stuck in that exact same way, but in different places than I did, which I found really interesting. So I'm very curious, like I know we probably don't remember between the four of us where exactly we got stuck, but I I find that really interesting that he's he like you know there was there's just some things that that uh, I I'm suspicious that people get that same feeling but they get stuck in in the weird way in different places that it's not always the same place um, I although I'm sure it is like for example skipping ahead a little bit to the the chaos act um, in the chaos overseers world like there's one place in there that I thought for sure he was gonna get stuck in because I got horridly stuck. But he didn't. He kind of whipped right through that part, but then got stuck in a different spot. So it's kind of an well, interesting the problem. Bu- the one with the bubbles, right? Yeah, with the weird blobs. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking of the one towards the very end where there's like a, a, a mini chase sequence that's freaking impossible if you don't start it in the best possible moment or, or bit or not the best moment. But if you, you if you don't have like the correct head start. When the yeah. scene starts, you just basically lose automatically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this one, this is a fairly, because it's so early in the game, this is a fairly um, early use of your powers. Um, there's also like little birds that you can use to do some higher jumps, and they do some combination puzzles of like combining the, the moving flower with the bird jumps and things like that, and it's fine. I think one thing that like really actually impressed me a lot about this game is um, how good their tutorials are, uh, especially because they have to basically give you a new tutorial every level because mm-hmm. each spirit world mechanic is slightly different. So they do a very good general ramp of like prove that you understand how this mechanic works in order to move on and do more difficult things with it. Um, and then you get to the point where you've mastered it and then you don't use it ever again because you're done with that level. Yeah. I was really surprised with how much variety they managed to bring out of basically one mechanic. Mm-hmm. It was it was constantly 
surprising and in a delightful sort of way. It's like yeah. every every new area, it's like, okay, what cool thing am I going to get to do with this, like, ability to sing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they've, uh, I, we've played games before where we've had the problem of, you know, a mechanic is introduced and then it's just kind of left behind and you never use it again. Uh, but this doesn't feel bad in the way that some of those feel bad because it feels like it's, you know, it's a single contained level where you learn something and you master it and then you're done with that thing because you mastered it and it, it you know, it flavored that level. So once you're done with that level, then you're kind of done. And that feels okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the game is honest about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It never tries to do something more. And I, I think it helps also that I didn't feel that any of the mechanics were necessarily better or worse than any of the other mechanics. Uh, no, that's all. not true. The time one is awful. But <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I actually didn't have that much I'm of a mostly, problem with the time one. I'm mostly being facetious because I had, had a lot of trouble with the jumps in that level. Oh, yeah. Uh, the time mechanic itself is actually fine. It's the the platforming that I had trouble with. Yeah, but yeah, no, you're right. The the mechanics are all like it's not like, you know, one or two are stand out good and the rest are kind of pithy. Like they're they're all interesting and they're all well developed. Um all right. So the people of uh now that you can talk to ghosts, you can actually discover that the ghosts are all the people of the village, uh who had died, all the various loved ones. And they're like, hey, we came to spend time with you because uh, the world is ending. And so we, we thought you sh- should know. Yeah. And so you're like, huh, okay, I guess I should continue with my quest to find the Earth Song and not have everyone die. Yeah, and that's where Miriam joins your quest. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, the beginning of Act 2 is uh, you meet Miriam. I love Miriam. She's the best. Yeah. Miriam's great, yes. Yes. Uh, so Miriam is an apprentice witch. Um, she's she's sort of like the Tsundere character. Yep. Like she's very just grouchy and doesn't want to admit that she likes you. But like they actually give her a little bit of complexity over the course of the game, and you kind of get to know her. And she's just uh, you know kind of insecure, um, but ultimately well-meaning. She just has no taunt. No tolerance for nonsense, which your character is kind of entirely nonsense based. So. <laughs> oh, that's also so when you introduce yourself to the witches to to Miriam and her grandmother, um, Sapphire, I think yeah. is her grandmother's name. Yeah. Uh, that's when you get to pick your name, your character name. Yes. Uh, and character name choosing in this game is done mostly walking style, where you choose one letter at a time yeah. from a disconnected sets of letters. Yes. So uh, I ended up with Bart, which I was fine with. Yeah, I'm Cart. <laughs> so close, so close. Right, and I ended up as uh, Kelb. Kelb. <laughs> Kelb is good. I, I went with Bard. I redid it until I got Bard. But fun fact from the commentary run is his in-universe name is actually Kiwi. <laughs> yeah, it's Kiwi. Yeah, and... Yeah, and apparently it's not a random set of letters. He actually did try and, like, do something somewhat logical so that you could get several different names. I don't know why he didn't think of Carl. I have no idea why he didn't think <laughs> of Carl. That, that baffles me, but... Yeah. But, and yeah. I, mean, I, I played... I, I was kind of like, all right, 
uh, the first time I kind of didn't realize what was happening. I right. saw the set of letters and I thought it would be the same set of letters that I could get, uh, yeah. an entire name from. Uh, but then as soon as you pick the first letter from that set, it gives you a different set of letters. Yeah. And I'm like, oh shoot. So I got to the end and then started over and I'm like, oh, I'll just see what happens, I guess. As long as it's pronounceable, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, it, it occurred to me at about the third letter, I was like, crap, what is the, what is the character cap of this gonna be? Like, what, how far am <laughs> yeah. I gonna get before? Yeah. And it stopped at four, and I didn't have an S anyway, so I just ended up Yeah. Although, if you had been, if you had been Kelbo, that would have been <laughs> great too. Yeah. I figured like four or five would be a safe, a safe bet, and I could, I could work with four, and I could work with five. Uh, and then I didn't get an S, so. That's fine. Nope. But no do-overs. We do it live and uh, Kelb. <laughs> I don't know. Kelb is what kind does, of... What does she say? Does she say the same thing no matter how many times you try? Because she said something to me about, like, I don't know why it was so hard for you to spell your own name. Yeah, I, I that's what she said to me, too, and I think I only did it two or three times. Yeah, I did it twice. Hmm. I did it twice. Same name both times. I wanted to see if the letters were different. Oh, I see. <laughs> In case you could actually spell Carl. Yeah. Yep. That no, would have been cool if you could Your have. cart. Uh, yeah, so uh, Miriam has a broom and can fly. Um, so <clears throat> she agrees to... Her, her grandmother actually, like, convinces her that she should go with you because this is important and she's a witch so she'll be able to help you uh so then you go through the cave i think the uh, like yep. crystal cave yeah man this scene select is super helpful because they have like a little uh screenshot from each yeah. section <laughs> as, as you go through and i gotta um, say with the screen select i love all of the like just them like speaking into a mic making noises it's it's adorable i'm sorry i just i should probably unmute it i, I have it muted at the moment i don't know if uh, you've ever listened but it's them I just like not. going in stuff it's pretty cute oh yeah nice. yeah yeah, the, the scene, the scene select is presented as though it's like a play, like it's got like a little stage and some paper cutout stuff and like the, the titles are all hanging from strings and things. Yeah. It's very cute. Uh, alright, so you go through some caves, there's a big monster, um, you, you sing at it because that's your solution to all problems. Um, there's actually a great joke at the end of the, the first act. Where the mayor's like, hey, you solved our ghost problem. I'm going to make you the mayor. And the other people are like, um, actually, like, this is sort of a one-off fluke and most of our problems can't be properly <laughs> solved by singing, so maybe you shouldn't do that. <laughs> uh, but in this game, all of your problems are solved by singing, more or less. Um, so you go to the, you go to the cave, there's a monster, and it's like blowing this giant wind at you, and the wind can come from several directions. Uh, so you have to sing in the direction that opposes the wind in order to not get blown away. Uh, and since it keeps changing as you walk forward, um, uh, you have to keep, like, changing your notes. This is where I had the, one of the biggest problems with the controls. Mm -hmm. Uh, I found it very hard to move steadily and continue to sing at the same time. Because if you keep your mouse on the same note, then after a little while, the the little circle of notes disappears. Was that true for other people, or is it just my bad control scheme? Uh, yeah, I, no, that sounds right. Yeah. Yep, that's what it does. Yeah. 
So you have to, if you want it to like stay up, you kind of have to like wiggle it around and either like go on and off the note or go between like two adjacent notes. Oh, that's interesting because on Switch at least, I don't know if this is the controller feedback, you can hold the note and the wheel will go away, but you continue to sing even though the wheel is no longer visible. Um, so if you're, if on PC it just stopped singing when the wheel automatically disappears, that's unusual. It was hard for me to tell, honestly. Um, because of the way the like camera was zoomed out, I couldn't tell. It seemed like it stopped singing, uh, at some point. Not immediately when the wheel disappeared, but like after a bit. And Hmm. I couldn't tell if like my mouse had maybe drifted off the circle somehow. Oh. Um, Yeah, whereas on controller it's a little bit easier. You know, you know what position you're in because you're just maxed out. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, I didn't stop singing for the controller. Okay. Yeah, so who knows? Um that was a part that was a part I had a bit of toughness with, but it it felt like the control was the problem. The con- the PC controls, the mouse and keyboard controls feel very mushy. Um they're they feel very imprecise in a way that's uh that can be a bit of a problem, especially when you're trying to do like singing and platforming at the same time. <coughs> Um, but anyway, so you go through the cave, you sing at the monster. Um, the monster says, "Like, hey, um, I, you know, I don't like you because humans are bad. Because a human came and uh, cursed my boyfriend, and now he's paralyzed. Uh, so you go visit the boyfriend monster, but you can't unparalyze the monster. Monster's just paralyzed. Um, but they let you go anyway, and you get beyond the the cave." to the the little village um what's the name of that little village delphi delphi that's right um and you got to put on a show there's like a a bar and you have to collect members of a band and play a song so everybody will be happy yeah well and notably miriam's like well i'm gonna go find the overseer song just don't do any side quest stuff like look for the overseer song and then you meet this guy and he's like hey you want to start a band and you're like yes (laughs) he's got a great font that guy (laughs) he's He's like he's like short and he's got a big nose and sunglasses and a mustache and he looks like the typical kind of like sleazy manager type but he's actually pretty cool yeah uh, you meet him and like a uh, a violin virtuoso woman and a depressed young man who plays the accordion whose mother recently died. Is he a young man or is he non-binary? Because I read him as non-binary and read them as non-binary. It's I you know I don't know if they actually say at any point. I was I, not paying close enough attention. I feel like at some point Ash, who is the the uh, accordion wait accordion. Yes, accordion. Yeah. I feel yeah. like at some point Ash is specifically referred to as a they. So oh. I, think, I think I feel like I remember. I that think at some point. Yeah, I think their mom might yeah, have I said they. Right. That's what. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I I completely glossed over that. I was apparently skimming the text too fast. That's um, nice. Sure, that's cool. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so you have a a non-binary accordionist who is sad. Uh, because their mom died, and so now with your newfound power to talk to ghosts, you can like reunite them with their mom, and they like play music together, and then you convince the accordionist to join your band, and I then you—that's the first part I cried. That I cried all I'll admit, I cried at that scene. 
Yeah, it I got a little, sweet. a little bit teary uh, a couple of times, and that was one of the times for sure. Yeah. Because yeah, the, the accordionist is like, you know, I, I wanted to be a great accordion player, but I, you know, I only got into this because my mom was really great and, like, helped teach me. And now that she's gone, like, I don't know if I can really keep playing. And so you get them to, to have a conversation and she, you know, reassures reassures them that like hey it's it's okay you can you can do this i want you to keep going like this is a good way to remember me and so yeah. it's it's good and yeah. so you play your concert and then for the encore ash comes on stage and uh plays the overseer song because it turns out that like that was their childhood lullaby or, so- or song or something something that they got from their mom that their mom used to play uh and so they play it and it's good and then you have the song also worth noting, in Delphi, there's a pirate that will sell you coffee beans Yes. Uh, until you are tired of buying coffee beans. And I think then... I ended up with uh, 150000 Oh, wow. Dang. I, I, I kept going for a while. I wanted to see if it would max out at some point, um, but I did not. I got bored before it did. So. Yeah, I, I looked it up later. I think I stopped around, I don't know, 20000 or something like that. I looked it up later just to see what other people, like, if anyone else managed to max it out. Uh, at least in the Steam forums, I don't think anyone managed to, like, everyone just got tired before they maxed it out. So I would be curious I mean, it, to find out it, what the hard limit on coffee beans is. It could be procedural. Like, it could be that it just keeps going. But eventually you would break the, like, font on the, the game yeah. because it would go out yeah. of the text bubble. So I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you get the overseer song, you go back into the cave where the, the, all the, uh, places to get in the spirit world are like linked to a single location and a song that you have to sing at that location. Um, and the song actually is itself another mini game. The songs are basically, um, like a dance dance revolution or, you know, guitar hero style, like a series of incoming bars and you have to, like, go over to the note as it's coming in. Um, they're a little bit more complex than your average song. Is it Can you fail those? Yeah, I was just going to say, is it possible to fail that? Because some of them no. I, I did very poorly and I never failed, so... Yeah, my understanding is, is no, those are not failable. Okay, I mean, that would make sense, because it's like, yeah. you would just have to keep doing it over and over, which... Yeah, would... it's, it's not super hard. Yeah, no. Like, even if they, even if they like, you know, said, "Oh, you fail it if you get below fifty percent." I think like most people would get it anyway. So they're yeah. probably like, eh, "It's easy enough that we should just make it so you always win." Yeah, the first couple of times that I did those little um, the overseer songs, I was I was sliding the controller around in the circle, um, and I found out that that is that is not the best way to go about doing those overseer songs. And yeah, I actually found the first two i was like not my brain was not connecting the the dots for some reason and i was like not feeling the beat and so i kept being off on them for the first like two or three times yeah i i found i had the same sort of problem where it it just didn't like i hit the notes but it didn't sound like a song in, right. Yeah. Like as my brain processed it, but it doesn't yeah. matter. So that was yeah. that was true for me for a while. There were one or two towards the end where I felt like I was finally starting to hear it a little bit. Yeah. But <clears throat> yeah, it's part of the problem is that you like you hear your repetition of the notes more than you hear like the song actually in the background. 
So mm-hmm. if you're slightly off timing-wise, you don't really know what it's supposed to sound like. Right. Um, one other mechanic they have that I forgot about um, in Delphi uh, is it's the first place where you can actually, like, write a song in-game. Oh, yeah. Because there's like a little candy shop and a guy's like, hey, can you write a little jingle for my candy shop? Um, so there's a mechanic where they give you, I don't know, what, like five seconds or something and you play a melody and then he'll just like sing it. And he'll write lyrics based on how many notes you used. Yeah. Which is pretty great. Yeah. Um, God, I forget. Mine was like four, four syllables. Um it, it was get your sweet on with oh my the, the lyrics. So, that's hilarious. That's, kind of, I, that's amazing. I cannot even begin to remember what mine was, but... Oh, me neither. Yeah. yeah, same. I don't know. I remember yeah. how the song, like, the directions. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I worked... Like, I, I went... I tried it probably like seven or eight times at least until I got something I was happy with. Yeah, I and in all those segments where you had to write a song, I, I really wanted it to sound like a song and not just a collection of random notes from yeah, together. So, same. Which is harder than it sounds. It, I mean, you only have an octave. so yeah. Oh, fun fact. You actually do have sharps and flats. Actually, yeah, you do. You're right. I did not discover this until I saw it on Twitter, and I was like, wait, it's, what I, are I, they doing? I think How I overheard you saying this in some way. It's like, if you crouch, you get flats or something like no, that? No, if you crouch, you go down an octave. Oh, um, If you, on, on Switch at least, it's if you, I think it's if you hold the bumpers, one of the bumpers, That's you'll get a sharp and a flat, yeah. something like that. It's They did a similar thing in, um, like, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, where you can get sharps and flats on your ocarina notes, but it's really not worth it <laughs> to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's never told to. Yeah, especially because in those games you're never writing your own music. So. Yeah. And like the the notes in you the are. game are all whole notes. In you ocarina write the of time. Song. Do oh, you? Yeah, the scarecrow song. You're right. It's which, been too long since I played that game. I guess. Yeah, which I mean, I always just made the scarecrow song the simplest thing I could possibly make it. <laughs> Like, just the same two notes repeating over and over, so that I could just stand in front of the Scarecrow and play the same two notes until he arrived. <laughs> That's my pro tip. That's my pro Majora's Mask tip. That's you fair. All. There you That's go. That's fair. Um, yeah, so, you get the you get the Overseer song. You write a little jingle for the man, which is great. You get the Overseer song, and you go back into uh, the... The spirit world, um, windscape. The, yeah, it's the bird. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's this is yeah this is the Raven Queen. So she's the what is she, what's her official title? It's like the Night Queen. No, not Night Queen. Wind. Wind. She's like the Queen of Winds. Queen of Winds. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and is that the yes? Yeah, so that's so that's the one where there's like a bunch of um. The mechanic is that there's these big gusts of wind, mm-hmm. and the direction that you sing in controls the direction that the wind is blowing in. So you have to like jump into the wind and then like quickly change its direction to guide you onto various ledges and so forth. I hated this one. I, <laughs> yeah, it took me so many tries. I fell into the void more times than I could count. So yeah, yeah. same, same. Especially in that area that looks like Flappy Birds. 
there's like a section where there's the columns and you have to go between and it's just like ah you have to switch and you're free falling the whole time. Do this. Yeah. 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 I did not have a great time with this one, but it wasn't that long. Yeah. Like none of, none of these are too terribly long. So that's the thing about when you hit hard points in these. Like every time I hit a hard point, I kept like yelling at the game, like you're not supposed to be a hard game. Like the rest of this game is like fun and light and easy. Why are you so hard all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah. It's like it, it. It almost reminds me of like the Professor Layton games, which are cute and you know lighthearted mostly, but then the puzzles are impossible and make you feel like an idiot yeah. <laughs> like i should not be having this much difficulty with a game yeah. for children yeah but again it's always only like one or two points in the levels like for yeah. the beginning part you're like oh okay i see this tutorial is good like this is showing me you know that i need to change the wind direction and this is showing me like the extent to which i can use that to you know to get you know to get to places and then the screen is showing me like oh you can also do it while you're midair and you know like it's it's all incremental in a way that's just really solid tutorial design mm-hmm. um so then you uh you get to the lady and she agrees to teach you the wind song so she does and i think you just have to like follow her lead on the notes for this yep. one to learn it yeah. Um, which is pretty easy. You're used to doing that kind of thing. Um, so she'll, you'll bring up like your little wheel of notes and her little wind symbol will be on various, uh, you know, various little colored bricks. It's a little rainbow wheel. Um, so you go to whatever one it's on and you just follow the bouncing ball as it were. Uh, then you get to the pirates level. Oh, you forgot the troll. You go back to the troll. Do you? Yep. Yeah. That you now go, or is that later? Yeah, no, that's right now before pirates. Yeah, you oh, go back to the okay. troll. Yeah, you go back to the troll. You, The troll is like, hey, your voice sounds different now. Can you try singing at my boyfriend again and see if that works now? So you sing at the boyfriend. It works. And then they're like, well, maybe humans aren't that bad. No, humans are still mostly ter- terrible, but you are okay. And then <laughs> yeah. there's something about at the end before you go on to, that's right. You go back to Delphi, and then Miriam's like, well, thanks, but I'm going to hop on the ship with these pirates. Do you want to stay here in Delphi, or do you want to go home to Langtree? And you go, you, you're, you're not given any other option of speech, but regardless of what you say, the bard breaks out of that and says, no, I, I refuse to, to do either of those things. I'm going on an adventure. I'm going to be the hero. I'm going to be a hero, and I'm going to save the world. I'm going to come with you. Um, and then you sing like this song or no, you sang the song about wanting to be a hero when you uh, freed the troll. And so you this this is the moment that where you get kind of established that your character wants to be a hero um, and, and has is starting to identify as a hero <laughs> as the hero of the story. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Which is fair. Which comes up. <laughs> yes. That wasn't yes. clear. This is why I had to, this is why I had to interrupt because it's like, there's lots of details to this game and a lot of what's great about it is in its details, but like mm-hmm. that's an important just yeah. narrative. And it's, and it's already kind of like an interesting juxtaposition because, you know, you're a bard, which is not normally yep. a heroic kind of character. And as we, as has been established, you suck at things like swords. 
Um, so pretty much all you can do is sing it, all your problems. Yeah. yeah um, and you've right. already been told you're not the hero, so it's yes. kind of an interesting yeah. thing to decide to be the, in. The rainbow-haired lady is like, nah, sorry. <laughs> Uh, right. But yeah, so next, pirates. Yay, I love the pirates. Oh, coffee pirates. Um, <clears throat> so you go to <laughs> the Voyage of the Lady Arabica. Um, so you met some you met some pirates at Delphi, and they're going sailing. Um, so you hop on their ship, and you sing sea shanties with them. And it turns out they're coffee merchants. Uh, <clears throat> they're not really pirates in any in any like normal definition of the word pirate, they're just merchant sailors who sell yeah. coffee. Um, they look like pirates. They talk like, like pirates. Yeah. Um, and so they they drink a lot of coffee to always stay awake. Uh, and at one point, you try and drink coffee, and you go absolutely bonkers. <laughs> yeah, and you're never allowed to touch coffee again. Yep. Yeah. This is also yeah. where uh, the amount of beans that you purchased or committed to purchase comes into play and you become the bard of however many beans. Yeah. It becomes like yeah. your title with the with the pirates. Yeah. And it's uh I mean, as the lady who was trying to as the pirate lady who was trying to sell them to you points out, like, she's like, You you know I probably can't get you that many beans, yeah. right? And he's like, It's okay, I have no money anyway. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. again, you are just kind yeah. of made of nonsense. Yeah. Um, so you sail for a while with the pirates until you come to the little island town of Tatango, um, where I don't know that there's much to do on the island from what I remember, except that like everyone, talking. yeah, there's a lot of talking, a lot of everyone's sad that the, the mermaids are not there anymore. So you promise to go get them back. Uh, including the the leader of the pirate who like saw a mermaid once and like is dedicated to finding her again. Yeah, it was saved by one. Yeah. Um, and then there's like a fun little mini thing where you can actually like pilot the little pirate ship around the map in the water by I singing think that's at cutest. it. It's great because you can also like as you're singing, as you're piloting it around, as long as you're moving, the pirates sing a little sea shanty in the bottom. Yeah. And when you stop moving, they stop singing. <laughs> so it's very cute. It's very cute. Yeah. Um, oh, I also, uh, we haven't mentioned the dance man. Oh, uh, yeah. Cause yeah. there's a, there's a hidden mask island in this section. Yep. So there's a kid with like a weird, like animal mask who just teaches you dances. And as far as I can tell, the dances are just kind of an aesthetic collectible thing. There's like, they don't, you don't actually do anything with dancing in the game, except maybe the one scene in the underground city, but. Yeah. It's completely optional, yeah. But it's one of those, hey, here's a bunch of hidden things around the map that you can try. Yeah. Uh, so, you, you can, uh, so while you're piloting around the ship, there's one island that's kind of hidden by like, when you bring up the map of, that you're sailing around, uh, the, it's got two hands holding it in the bottom and like the thumb is over yeah. one of the islands. You can just see it peeking out. Uh, so it's behind there. Um, so you can go and get an extra dance, learn an extra dance from in there. Uh, but what you gotta do is get to the mermaid island, um, and retrieve half the, of this, this jewel, the mermaid's tear from there. And I forget where the second half of the jewel is. It's on um, an island that you have to you have to do like a puzzle that is related to uh, items that you find 
around laying around on the island that are like a specific yeah. color. Right. And yeah, then you right, have right. to sing the corresponding colors at like a statue in a cave and it gives you the other piece of the tier. Yeah, right. and you as you do as you go through you notice there's like a giant monster in one of the ruins, uh which is why people were afraid to go to the island in the first place, but somebody's already killed it and opened a chest in the other yeah. room. Yeah. So it's like, oh yeah, someone was already here and took care of that for you. <clears throat> so you get the two parts of this jewel, the mermaid's tear, um, and then you can go to yeah, the take, mermaid's island. Yeah, you take them back to Calliope. She divinates where the mermaids are. That's right. Yeah, she's uh, she's a fortune teller on the island of Tatango. She yep. tells you where they are. Is this uh? Is it before? the dreamscape that that like random dude tries to hijack your ship i think it's when you go to leave Tatango after learning where the mermaids are that he hijacks your ship and then it's mermaids and then it's end of act basically yeah random angry dude hijacks your ship you go get him a coffee and talk him down there's actually multiple ways to get him coffee yeah yes coffee and you can just sit with him over coffee and he'll tell you his problems and then he'll go away peacefully. Is that yeah. not the way you guys solved it? Not at all. I, I ran into him eight times. Yeah. If you, you, you guys... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so both of you ended up just, like, running your character into him multiple times? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Does that knock him off the ship? No, no he, he gets tired. Yeah, or, like... You basically just run into him and he's like, why am I even doing this? Like, you're so, you're so weak and yet you don't give up. And I'm just going to go and think about some things, basically. Yeah. I see. Yeah, I think you can also just walk up and talk to him, maybe. And I think you can actually ask Miriam to blast him after a while. Or like, I don't know what happens if you choose the gun or the sword when you go down into the, so when you go into the galley, to get the coffee, you know, the the if you talk to the other pirates, the cook is like, go, I've stashed some stuff away for situations like this. And you're like, okay. And then there's a gun, a sword, and coffee. And, you know, so the obvious choice is to grab the coffee, right? Um, but, but yeah, I don't know what happens if you choose the gun or the sword, but, um, yeah. There I mean, are I assume you can't coffee. kill him. It's not the sort of game where they would let no. you kill him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you fend off uh, this guy from the ship, and then you go uh, to the mermaid cove and find the mermaids. I the mermaids love, are great. The mermaids are awesome. I love the captain's little, like, nervous walking. It's great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he's so excited to meet this mermaid again. He's, like, doing this little, like, nervous shuffle that makes a little squeaky noise as he walks. Yes. Um, and he's like, what? what if she doesn't? You know, what if she doesn't remember me? Like, what if she doesn't love me? Because <laughs> I've been thinking so much about her. And um, and the the mermaids, when you find them, all have, like, really, like, square jaws and beard stubble. Yeah. <laughs> They're kind of great. Uh, and they don't remember him at all. And they've kind of got, like, this, like, self-absorbed ba- valley girl thing going on. Uh, yeah. They're and, great. And ultimately, they decide... Uh, we're not coming back and how dare you make a promise like on behalf of someone else. But I guess if the captain wants to come visit us, he can come visit us if he wants to. Yeah. He's chill. He can hang. Yeah. Uh, also another great little detail. If you go back to your ship after this segment, 
the captain is so downtrodden that like he doesn't sing with the sea shanty with the right. rest of them. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I noticed that too. The details in this game are just yeah. are really where it shines, I think. They've just yeah. there's a lot of things like that, you know, where you know, they just took that extra effort to to add that piece, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like the game, it's interesting, like, there's a very clear delineation of priorities, uh, because the game is not entirely, like, without glitches or without, right. like, some control issues. Yeah. Um, there's some things, like, if you enter a screen with a slope while, like, holding a certain direction, yes. you can, like, move upward at a strange angle. Yes. Uh, that happened uh, many times. But oh, they, yeah. did, they did spend a lot of time... Like, as you say, putting in attention to detail, doing like little, little things you can interact with, little details you can do throughout the game, um, uh, that, that make it kind of interesting. And I think that ultimately that juiciness pays off, and I'm willing to forgive a few minor bugs as long as they're not game breaking. Um, yeah, like I, I encountered that, the, uh, the screen transition bug a lot of times, but it's never, mm-hmm. you know, you can just back out. And go, yeah. like, it's never a big issue. Yeah, I think if you also, like, if you let, if you stop moving and just jump, it fixes itself, something okay. like that. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's like not, not hard to, to fix it, so. Yeah. Um, uh, alright, so then, the, so the mermaids give you the, um, the song that you need to sing, uh, for the overseer song, uh, and you get to a waterfall. Um, and you go see the, you go into the world of the Queen of Chaos. Um, and the Queen of Chaos is a, it's a fish world, so there's these big, it's like a kind of underwater scape. There's these big bubbles, and they, they keep alternating in directions, but if you sing, you can like encourage them to grow in specific directions, although you don't, it doesn't feel like you have complete control over it. It is, you know, as the name would imply, pretty chaotic. Yep. Um, I I, this, <laughs> this one was the felt like the least intentional. It felt like a lot of times I got places by mistake more than on purpose. Sort yeah, of like I, oh. I just kept like jumping around, and like when I changed the bubble, I started jumping and then tried to jump off and I slid off. Yeah. yeah, there were yeah there was one section where you like get a key and then you have to backtrack up two bubbles that I died a lot because I cannot yep. get the bubbles to behave. Yeah, that's one of the places where I died a ton, but then the person I watched playing just like breezed right through that. And I was like, okay, okay, we'll just do that. Fine. We'll just fine. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, I regret uh, to admit that I this was probably the world that I had the least trouble with. Yeah. <laughs> See, isn't that interesting? I think that's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, and that's something I wouldn't have even considered. Uh, yeah, know, I mean, I that, that makes sense. I anyone else play it, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Oh, no. Um, sorry about that. Fine. Uh, so, yes, also, um, we haven't been mentioning that all of the overseers have, like, a little fairy sprite. Yeah. It's like a tiny little servant one. The first one is the cutest. It's like a little tiny kitten with uh butterfly wings. Yeah. Um so in this level it's a fish key. It's like a golden fish that has like a tail that's a key. Uh and it actually accompanies you around the level and you can um 
you can, you know, use it to unlock doors and things uh, for parts of the puzzles. Uh, is there... So I think each of the... In addition to being... Um, Oh, I just remembered the, what the Queen of Winds like activation thing is. She has a big set of organ pipes yep. in her tower that you have to blow uh, air into. And yep. for the Dream King, it's um, the bell that you have to ring. Uh, so each of the, in addition to being all you know elements of nature, wind and you know chaos and um, dreams and like all elements of reality, um, it seems to me like each of them also kind of has a musical designation. Yeah. Like I think the Queen of Winds is um, melody, uh, and I think I think this one is frequency uh, because there's a there's a thing you have to do with a, a frequency matching, and it does seem like the bubbles in this level kind of like have a frequency reaction. Like they'll be as you're going through your little circle, they'll be like little reaction, little reaction, little reaction, big reaction on certain notes. Yeah. Um, so it's like they're resonating with certain frequencies, uh, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, and what makes it kind of what makes it hard and chaotic in the chaos area is that if you noticed you're in the previous act when you whenever you pull up the color wheel, it's the same key every time you play it. But in the chaos act, and this is the only act where this happens, um, it actually uses an arpeggio generator. And so if you hit up and then hit up again, it's a different note. And it's not just an octave apart or something. It actually is an arpeggio generator. So it's hard to predict because you don't know how he's programmed the arpeggio generator because it's not just run an arpeggio around the circle. It's a little bit more complicated than that. But So that's how he gets that chaotic while it's still being musical and it not being completely just wacky. Yeah, just a cacophony um, of sound. Right, exactly. Yeah. So so I thought that was really clever of them to to do that for for chaos to have this, you know, sort of musical analog for for that as well. But yeah. But yeah, I agree with you, Kyla. They've got like, you know, the bell is kind of that that just, you know, the idea of tone and then the next one is, you know, the idea of melody or, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And then you kind of move and get more advanced concepts of, of music as you go on. Yeah. Yeah. I, so this I, one would be, yeah, would be frequency. I totally did not notice uh, the arpeggio thing with this, with the chaos. <laughs> yeah. I did yeah. notice that Same. In, I did notice that in different, uh, different segments, you got like different scales. Mm-hmm. In some, it was a major scale, and some it was a minor scale, and it, it yep. generally tended to fit with the background music, so you could just run around and sing, exactly. and it would, and it would uh, not sound out of place. I did figure out, uh, I forgot to mention this, I did figure out uh, during the pirate segment, and I think this is probably your bass scale, uh, how to sing the verse from My Heart Will Go On, that Celine yes. song. Yes. Yes. Did you go up onto the cliff and sing it up there? I went onto, there was that one point uh, where you could just stand on the the prow of the ship and sang it there. Perfect. I tried to sing it to the angry man, but it had no effect. (laughs) I know. So you just ran into him. Yeah. Yeah. Try to. (laughs) Um, Okay. So, um, so you get to, so this end of act three is you get to, um, the queen of chaos. Um, and just as you're about to talk to her about getting her earth song, someone swoops in and kills her. 
Uh, and this is when you meet Audrey, the hero of the story. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she is the chosen one, uh, who is actually like chosen by the little rainbow haired girl and the goddess of the world to do the bidding of the goddess, which means ending the world. But from her point of view, um, she's actually like stopping evil because the problem is that, um, as the world has gotten, and maybe this, some of this is revealed a little later, but, uh, as the world has gotten older and older, uh, the overseers kind of go old and senile and start to like decay uh, and they go crazy and start releasing like dark monsters and that's how you know it's like time to end the universe and start a new one um, so she's going around and like defeating all of these uh, like you know overseers that are losing their minds uh, and all their monsters uh, and when she kills the last one that's going to signal the end of the universe which she doesn't know at that point um she thinks she's just, you know, going around killing evil monsters. But, uh, yeah. So you're like, whoa, what, what the heck? Uh, I, I'm supposed to be collecting this song. And she's like, eh, whatever. And leaves. Yeah. Um, and you- I, I don't remember if you find this out here, but you do also find out that when an overseer gives you their note from the Earth song, that, like, hastens their decay. So yeah. That's just another, another bit of, like, world lore that you yeah, yeah, think at some he- point. I- I think you learn that later from the Dream King. I think he's the one who yeah. tells you that. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. When, right. you, when you find him again. Yeah. Um, yeah, so even though she has been killed, you can actually get um, the Queen of Chaos's note uh, from the Earth Song by doing a frequency matching minigame where uh, there's like a, there's a wave form in the background and you have to move you have to sing notes around in a circle to match the speed of the waveform. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you can match frequency, then, uh, then you, you know, you have to do that like four times or something. Uh, yeah. and then you get the note. How difficult was that on PC? Cause I cannot imagine how you would have done that on PC. <laughs> it's, it was fine once I figured out what they wanted me to do. Okay. Okay. That's, that's good. That's good to hear. It Cause on like, controller, yeah. It was not like trivial. Uh, especially for some of the slower ones, it was a lot harder. Mm. Um, but it was it, it it was pretty forgiving. So like okay. once you once I got the general idea of like oh I have to do this at the correct pace, then then it worked okay. That's good. Okay, good. Yeah, you also get zapped by Audrey. She zaps you and hurts oh, you. She, yeah, she's got a lightning sword. Yeah. Um, which. Uh, I assume on I assume for the frequency game on on the controller it's just the speed at which you rotate the sticks. Yeah. yeah. So much easier. Yeah. Um all right. So then uh intermission you get to play a quick little act as Audrey. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh this is one of my favorite things because all of yeah. the achievements in the Steam version of the game are yep. associated with Audrey. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all yeah. oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah you get they, no steam achievements as the bard. All of them come from Audrey. Oh. And, and they're all for doing like super trivial things like jump five times, jump ten times, jump twenty times, jump th- oh, like geez. each of those is a separate achievement. Like for yeah, every so like, action that Audrey has, it potentially gives you an achievement. Yeah. There are seventy five achievements. Wow. <laughs> and and some of them some of them trigger like there's a part where Later on in the game, um, yeah. they're talking about, like, Audrey's exploits, uh, like, saving people 
um, right. like while you're just talking to random villagers and an achievement pops for Audrey for like save the villagers. Oh, <laughs> geez. Another one yeah. She Sometimes does. she earns achievements off screen, which is pretty fantastic. Yeah, oh or, my god. There's one where she uh like you're trying to talk to her and she's she, like this sorry, go ahead. I I'm I'm I don't know if we're thinking of the same one, but like she has a sarcastic sort of response to you and she gets the slow clap achievement. Like, oh, geez. It's just, yeah. it's, it's just, that one's it's good. Um, there's one where she's like, when you're trying to talk to an overseer and she's fighting Miriam off screen, uh, right. she can get some achievements oh, yeah, for yeah. doing certain actions. Oh my gosh. Um, there's, uh, oh shoot. Yeah, there's, there's a bunch of them. There's one where you're fighting her at the end and she can get achievements for like kicking you. Um, yeah. So if you like bait her AI into fighting you, she can get achievements. I had no idea. I had no idea because there aren't achievements on the Switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really cute. It's a very nice addition. Wow, that's hilarious. Yeah. So as Audrey, you control her the same way with like the directional, uh, you know, the way you would control her with direction, but you're just swinging her giant sword around. And if you keep it up for long enough, it like charges up with lightning and then you can lightning zap uh, heroes. And so in the intermission, she's w- making her way through, I think it's the, the wind yeah. castle, but it looks different for her. You learn later that like uh, the dream worlds look different for everybody or the spirit worlds, um, and it's only, like, the castle itself that's, like, a, a point that everybody has in common when they come into it. So, yeah, so you're defeating a lot of monsters. You get to the, like, throne of the Raven, uh, the Raven Queen, the, uh, the Queen of Winds, and her little sprite tells you, like, oh, God, she's been, like, birthing monsters. It's yeah. super gross. Yeah. Like, I don't like this at all. Uh, and so then you have a boss fight with her and you kill her as Audrey. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of sad. Uh, cause she seemed like okay when you talked to her, but she is not anymore. Yeah. Um, but it's a really good way of getting you to kind of relate to Audrey to make her playable for a little bit. Because you know that this game is about, like, finding nonviolent solutions, yeah. but it's so fun to just like completely chaotically rip everything apart as Audrey. Which mm-hmm. is <laughs> just so strong. Being like the OP hero. And yeah, and getting the... like a million achievements yeah. a second. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a that's a very well placed intermission. Like it's very well done. Um so you do that, you fight the uh the nightmare queen as this uh as it's called apparently on the chapter select screen. Uh, and then, um, oh, and you like, yeah, you like totally, uh, Audrey, when she uh, encounters you with the fish, she like completely zaps you to get mm-hmm. you out of the way. And not like, you know, she does that and runs away and you get back up. You're like hurt and knocked out. Yeah. Uh, and Miriam has to like carry you out of the place. Yeah. Uh, and so I guess she takes you back. And I don't know how she would know this, but I guess she <laughs> takes you back to your mother's house in a yep. different city, uh, which was, which was confusing to me, like how we got there or how she knew to go there or because, I, I, you know, obviously the player does not recognize the place at first. It's not until you like actually go out downstairs with the bard and you talk to a woman and she's your mom that you're like, oh, I guess 
we're at our mother's house because it's not yeah. the village you started in. It's a completely different place. Right. I mean, could have been implied that they talk to each other because time is passing. I guess it is. Although, like, the bard was unconscious for at least part of it, but maybe he woke up before they went there or something. Or maybe, um, you know, he woke and they talked about where he's from before. Oh, yeah, that could have been. Yeah, it's something. Yeah. Obviously, off screen. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, the bard is very sad, um, because he just found out that, like, actually, uh, you know, he is not the hero of the story. This, this swordswoman is the hero of the story. Like, not only uh, is he not the hero, but the actual hero is kind of a dick. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, really yeah. a dick, actually. So. Yeah. So, yeah, as you as you are Audrey and talk to the rainbow haired girl, you realize like, oh, Audrey is not a good person. It turns yeah. out, nope. Yeah, uh, she's not like horribly obviously evil. She just like cares so much about being the hero beyond all else that she yeah. doesn't care about the consequences of her actions or anything yeah, she's else. Very concerned with her self image. Right. Um, like she's she's very insecure about it and very concerned with uh like I think at one point like the rainbow girl calls her like an ordinary mortal or something like that. Yeah. Normie uh, she, calls her a normie. So. <laughs> yeah. Um and and she gets really like offended by that. She like clearly gets very defensive. Yeah. And and there's a lot of like the implication that she's, you know, saving people and doing all this stuff. Mostly as a means of, you know, extracting validation from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because her it, her self-image as the hero is very important. Right, uh, even after she learns that it's going to cause the destruction of the world. Yeah, yeah the, the rainbow-haired girl said, like, yeah, no, I'm not really supposed to tell the hero about that until you're, like, almost done, so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and Audrey's like, no, it, it's cool. It's fine. I can be cool. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm I'm cool. No, I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so you wake up in this, like, cold, dark, depressing factory town that's uh, just completely overcast. Uh, and this one runs on a time cycle. Um, so there's like, you know, the, the clock and everybody goes to work in the morning at the factory. Um, and then there's like at nighttime, everybody goes home and you end up having to do. Uh, so to get to the, the place where you need to be, um, you have to clear the smog from the sky because it involves having to see the stars. Uh, and to do that, you got to stop the factory. Uh, so you team up with a local astronomer who also <laughs> wants to see the stars, uh, and you collect a bunch of unemployed people <laughs> uh, and like fo- foment revolution to like get jobs at the factory and destroy it from the inside. Yeah, I I don't know. I thought this whole segment was great. I understand the timing. Might I mean the timing is there basically like as just an artificial thing that you need to deal with. Like you could yeah. have easily done this without the timing being there. But at the same time, there are benches everywhere, and if you go to a bench, it's like oh, you can wait for one, two, three, six, twelve, twenty-four, whatever hours. So yeah, it's not yeah. that hard to deal. Yeah, with. it's. The timing didn't feel onerous, and like I think it's like um, an hour passes every like thirty seconds or something. So it's like yeah. it's not; it's pretty fast. It's even faster than that. Yeah. Oh, is it? 
It's like um, 15 minutes every three seconds. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, yeah, every like three to five or something. Um, so, yeah, so you do that. Uh, there is a pettable dog in this chapter, which is important. Pettable dog and feedable. You can yep, feed it, can, too. You can feed it, and eventually you get to name it. Yep. Yes. And also important, Miriam has a small fling with a local. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, the moody guitarist on the roof. <laughs> so I love, she gives him like a, a love letter that you have to like, or he yeah. gives her uh, a love letter that you have to like deliver to her, and yeah. she reads it, and she gives you back a reply note that has a little skull on it that you yeah. have to take back to him. Yeah. And you're like, oh great, this is not gonna go well. And then he's like, oh my gosh, this is the best. And you're yeah. like, what? <laughs> like, that's not what I expected. Yeah. But yeah, that's just a cute, that's you know, cute. side thing. Yeah. yeah. So you, um, you end up stopping the factory, which in a surprise reveal is, I guess, run by Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, the name of the town is something like Kizmaster. I don't know how to pronounce it, but, uh, my, uh, my husband is oh, like, it's yeah, like, like saying, Christmas with a lisp. Yeah, because like, it's C-H, and so it's like a little bit like the word chime and a little bit like kismet, but it's yeah. like kiss, kismest. I think, yeah, yeah, it's like kismest or chismest if, if you want to yeah. pronounce the C-H like that. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I thought that the, the, the surprise reveal after you... Um, yeah. After you stop the factory, you go home and you find out that the factory baron is actually your dad. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And that your dad, I guess, is also Santa Claus. Yes. <laughs> Do you find out that the factory guy was your dad? I guess I missed that. He's either your dad or he's your stepdad. Like, but definitely yeah. your mom and the Baron are like a thing. They do, they are a thing. Yes. She says something about like, oh wow, this is the first time you've come home in years. <laughs> like, sort of a thing. Oh yeah, I do vaguely remember that now that you mention it. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah, that's a thing. So, yeah, I guess your dad is Santa Claus, which makes sense why you're kind of elfin. Um, There's a mini game in the factory, by the way, where you can, like, throw coal into a furnace for a period of time. And and then you get scored. Yeah, you get, like, a a level-up progress bar for however many uh, lumps of coal you throw in. I wonder how, like, I wonder what happens if you max that out. I, I considered doing it, but at that point, I was, like... Yeah, it's I like was, you're like I wanted no. to keep going. So yeah. yeah. All right. So you clear the sky. Um, you go into the uh, the castle of order. Yep. Um, the the king of order is just uh, or is it the queen, queen. of order? It's the queen. queen of order. The queen of order is just a human, and yes. your character's like, uh, I thought. You guys were all animals, and she's like, "Humans are a type of animal." And he's like, "Right." <laughs> yeah, I I love that. What was the mechanic? I forget. What was the, the mechanic? This was the time one. This is the one where you, it's sort of factory like. There's lots of spinning gears, and you can oh, uh, right. at certain yeah. points you run into clocks. And if you move right. clockwise, you move time moves forward. And if you move the the notes counterclockwise, time moves backwards. And so you have to control the direction that the gears spin in using the time mechanic in order to get up stuff. This was probably my least favorite. Um, I had, there was an area where you have to do like, there's a bunch of big shapes coming at you, um, and you have to do some really rapid platforming. Um, and you, you can slow down slash pause time at these clocks as well, but I think this is like the platforming, there's no clock nearby, so you just have to do some 
like tough platforming. And there's like spinning freaking blades. Like yeah. it's the only place where there's like spinning blades and crushers and like just death traps. Yeah. Most of the other places it's just like bottomless void that you can fall into, but nope. Yeah, it's this one was like by far the most in it felt the most intense out of all of them. Um, yeah. Well, I guess uh, I guess the not, last not. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But in terms of like non-enemy related mechanics, it was like a huge jump in intensity from yeah. what you had done in the in the past. It's yeah. definitely the belly of the beast. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got like this very like industrial kind of soundtrack to it with a lot of clanking uh, mm-hmm. and things. Um, so you go to the the. I know, uh, what's the, what's the, the end thing like this? You have another encounter with Audrey? Is that the one where Audrey and Miriam yeah. fight off screen while you try and talk to the Queen of Order? Yes. Yeah. Wait, um, I thought that, uh, she killed the Queen of Order and then the Dream King showed up. Right? No, the Dream King showed up before, before that. Uh, he's just like lounging on her okay. throne and she's like, right. what are you doing on my throne? And he's like, I came to hang out because uh, someone's coming around and killing folks. Right, right. And then Audrey shows up and the Dream King skedaddles. Yeah. Uh, and you do get to talk to the Dream King. You you do get to be like, hey, I've actually collected a bunch of these now. So do you think it's time for you to give me yours? And he's like, nah, if I do that, like... That also hastens the destruction of the universe and my death personally, so eh, don't wanna. Yeah, um, yeah just gonna not. Uh, and then Audrey does, I think, end up destroying the Queen of Order. Um, but once again, you can still get her note post-mortem, uh, and her musical element is rhythm. Uh, so you have to do, and it took me, I, I had to go out and Google how, like, what the control scheme is. You jump. Yeah. To match the rhythm, it's no, it's none of the notes, and it took me so long to figure that out. It was kind of embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, if you only have one mechanic, you're, you're <laughs> yeah, you you're supposed use to use that it. Mechanic. Exactly. Yeah, I'm it, like, it, it took me a minute to figure this one out as well. Same. Yeah. yeah. So you don't do anything with singing. You just jump, and you have to jump to match a rhythm uh, that she gives you, um, which is a, it's pretty cool once you figure out what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you are flying on the broom with Miriam, uh, and the next thing you do is you go to uh, the two kingdoms. So there is a kingdom of the sun and a kingdom of the moon. Uh, and first you go to the kingdom of the sun. Uh, along the way, you get to like a little border town, and you find out that um, the like there have been giant monsters attacking everywhere, uh, and it's not good. And the kingdom of the sun, they have like little demons like in the golden compass yes. they have like little animals that hang out with them for their whole lives which is kind of cute yeah and you can pet some of them you can pet some of them and some of them if you sing near them they will change colors to yeah. Like, yeah. correspond with the note that you've sung yeah it's nice yeah that's very cute um and the other really important part of this narrative section is that the two kingdoms are at war and they've been at war for Years for longer yeah. than anyone can remember. Yeah, so you gotta. And there's the the ghost of the princess. You uh, end up getting. That's right. Up... That's right. You yep. yeah. You so you stay at an inn 
along yeah. the way, and the inn is haunted. Uh, the only room they have left is haunted, so you go through like a cool surreal sequence where you get like trapped in an endless corridor, and then you have a giant ghost fight, which was pretty rad because it happens like while you're infinitely falling. Yes. And then she possesses you. Uh, and she asks you to like deliver a message to the Sun King. Right. Sorry, there's, there's I just a whole noticed lot going that, uh, on. In this segment. There's so <laughs> yes, much. This is a so very long segment. Because yeah. I mean, it's basically two segments. It is eventually. Yeah, which is important because they, yeah. they, they, um, they give you that like there's seven things you need to visit. But I feel like this game would be too long with an additional chapter. So they kind of squeeze two overseers into one chapter in a yeah. way that's helpful. Yeah, extra long chapter. It does end up being I, a very long chapter. So. I just noticed on the chapter select screen, some of the little circles were like little faces, and I think I just realized those are those are the chapters where there's a dance I didn't collect. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was like, why are why are these two have little weird uh. like box faces? It's like, oh right, I'm missing a dance. Uh, I think I even know how to get this one, but anyway. Um, so you uh, you take the spirit slash message of this girl all the way to the kingdom, uh, but you can't get into the palace. Um, because only like important people are left let into the palace, but luckily Audrey is there saving people from monsters, uh, and she goes into the she's she's got a date to go into the palace to have an audience, um, so she says you can come with her if you get her this super expensive potion that she knows that you can't get. Um, so because Miriam is a potion maker, Miriam's like, Psh, we can just make this. Uh, let's just get ingredients. So then you have a little fetch quest where you have to get ingredients for her potion. Ingredient get. Yeah. Yeah. Potion get. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh. Okay, so I gotta ask. Shine, shine how, most. yeah, how many of you stole the flower? I did not. I did, I did not. I, I, I raked not. all the ladies' okay. leaves. Yep. I did not. I raked them too. Okay. Look at us, a bunch of upstanding citizens. <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah. like even if you would normally be inclined to do that, which I might in some other games, the game has taught you so much about who this main character is mm-hmm. yeah. that if you're at all even slightly role playing, it's a it's a complete betrayal of that character and his ideals to to steal the flower. Yeah. And then you yeah. have these. So, the lady, yeah, the old lady makes it So it's yeah. So one of the one of the the potion ingredients is like a purple flower, and it's in someone's backyard. Uh, so instead of stealing it, you like offer the woman, uh, like you ask the woman if you can take it, and she offers that you can do it in exchange for like getting all the leaves out of her yard. So you can use singing to like blow the leaves away. Yeah. It's a little tedious, but it's like doesn't take forever. So yeah, and you don't have to get it perfect. Yeah, exactly. It's you just have to get close. So it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. If it had to be like every single leaf, you'd be there forever because there's always one or two that go exactly the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but yeah, it's it's fairly forgiving all things considered. So, you get all the potion ingredients, you make what is clearly not the potion that uh you're trying to buy. It's like a cheap knockoff version because you didn't really have the best ingredients. Yeah, Audrey's like, "Well, this flower is close. Like uh, all of these ingredients M- are close." Is, yeah. Oh yeah, sorry, Miriam. Like all of the ingredients are close, but not exactly what we need, but let's just make the potion anyway, and we'll hope that she doesn't notice. And she doesn't yeah, notice. Like, 
this frog was supposed to be alive. This flower is slightly the wrong species. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So you make a potion. You give it to Audrey. You get an audience with the king of the sun, um, who is like a big lion uh, animal with him. And he is like unimpressed and apparently uh, throws you in jail. Um, but this happens off screen. <laughs> like yeah. uh, Miriam tells you later, like, oh, yeah, no, he threw you in jail and I had to do like a daring breakout rescue and like break you out of prison. And then we fled and it was it was really like exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I guess I was passed out for all of that. Yeah, cause the, because of the ghost, cause she takes over your body to speak to the king and he's just like, yeah, no, don't care. Yeah, she's like, Still please, you must stop this war. Like, if we only talked to each other, you know, we would all understand. You actually sing the message. So right. there's a little like follow the bouncing ball style song thing you do where it's about like, you know, every, like, please, like, we must stop this. And, and he's like, nope. Um, so then you're fugitives. Uh, so you fly over to the moon kingdom. Uh, which is a s- underground city of witches, which is pretty rad. Yeah. Uh, this was maybe like one of my favorite, uh, like areas in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. because it's a, it's a pretty metropolitan, air, like, town. Yeah. And they, you meet like their little police force, which is called the Spell Squad, which is like a couple of teenage girls in like superhero getup <laughs> who are fighting the monsters. Yeah. Um, oh, we should say that like, uh, the kingdoms are kind of convinced, or at least the Sun Kingdom is convinced that the Moon Kingdom is the one sending the monsters. Um, right. And so they're they're both kind of convinced that the other kingdom is the problem. Uh, and Miriam gets a lot of flack in the Sun Kingdom because they are very prejudiced against witches because the Moon Kingdom people are witches. Uh, so you get to you meet the Spell Squad. Uh, you take a boat to the capital. Yes. Which is like a small riverboat sequence where you, like, once again, you get to, like, record your own music and you have to, like, create a three-part performance that has, like, a beginning from one character and, and like, a middle and then an end. And I forget what their, their, all their instruments are. There was, there was an accordion. Okay, there was an accordion. I think there was a singer and a guitarist. Yeah, yeah that sounds right. That sounds right. Keyboardist, maybe? Uh, yeah, yes. I think it's keyboardist. Oh, yeah, right. it oh keyboard. I was I got the um, the accordionist mixed up with the guitarist because at the end of their their yes. gig he like does the dramatic rock star smashes accordion on the ground and it bursts into flames. Also, yeah. two person play the accordion. Yeah, it's like oh. more than there's people that play accordion in the world. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, also, Audrey is on the boat, but you don't really encounter her much. She at one point comes out to be like, aha, it's you, you, the, like, evil fugitives from the Sun Kingdom. But everyone from the Moon Kingdom is like, oh, man, you're such a rebel, like, good, giving those Sun Kingdom people what for. And so yeah. it just kind of increases your popularity. That's great. Um, so you get to the underground city. Uh, everybody's a witch, so they get around the city using um, using magic. So there's like these big blocks, and you can learn over the course of navigating the city. You learn three different spells that either make the blocks bouncy, uh, they make them magnetic, so you can walk on walls or ceilings, or they make them invisible, so you can go straight through them. Yeah. Um, and so you uh, you're talking to the little the ghost of the voice the message that you got and you learn that the the ghost is actually um the youngest princess 
of this particular city out of like four princesses, I think. Uh, and she ran away in an effort to stop the war. Um, but she ran into monsters along the way and was killed. So, um, she's trying to convince you to like speak to her various sisters to try and convince, uh, cause the, the sun kingdom is going to be invading the next day. So they're like, you have to talk to our mother and get her to stop this war. Uh, so you want to run a place, uh, the city itself is pretty cool. Uh, Mohabumi, I guess it's called. And at one point, there's like a really rad nightclub. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that yeah, scene is optional, but it's it's super cool. Where you can like go into the nightclub, and your old band is playing there from uh, from Delphi. Mm-hmm. They, they just got a new singer, and they're like touring all over the world. Yeah. Um, and you can... Uh, so you can for, talk to them before the show, and then you can go in and hear their show, which actually sounds pretty cool. Uh, and then you can dance with Miriam, and you talk about, like, she tells you kind of about herself and about her identity and how she's trying to work out, like, who she is um, around all these other witches and things like that. And you and you dance the whole time you're in the club, so you can cycle between your different dances that you've learned. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I like um, I like that sequence a lot. It, I, like I'm pretty sure it is optional, but it's nice, nice just characterization. Yeah, it's very good tone setting. Um, it's like a good lull in the action and sort of puzzle puzzle solving that gives you kind of like a little bit of narrative. Um, it's it's well placed. I like that that bit a lot. Um, it kind of you kind of need something like that. Um, especially as you start to gear up for the end game where it starts to get really intense. Yeah. You need something to really bond with the characters a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so you eventually make it up to the queen. You try to convince her that... Uh, you and the ghost try to convince her that she needs to hold off on the war. The ghost, by the way, is like only visible in reflections, which is pretty cool. Um, and they do a lot with mechanically, not mechanically, but just sort of like as a neat visual one-off. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you sing this passionate song to the queen about how, like, you know, she she died trying to make peace and you should really listen. Uh, and the queen doesn't listen to you. She's like, listen, I loved my daughter and I'm, like, devastated that she's gone, but that doesn't change that she was really naive and the world doesn't work the way that she thinks it does. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of sad. That's a really that's a really depressing scene because they they make a very big deal about her death and how like everybody misses her and everybody's like really depressed that she's gone. Like they don't really gloss over that in the way that I feel like other games would in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like even a scene where one of her sisters is pregnant or something and is like, My you know, my daughter or my child is never gonna know her her aunt and like you know, how yeah. kind she was and all like just and if you keep talking to the princesses, the other princesses, they just keep going and yeah, talking piling and it deep, on. piling it on. Like mm-hmm. it's like I like little therapy sessions. It's yeah. And like the the sister who you didn't get along with was like, you know, I can't believe that you would spoil all your potential. You could have yeah. been such a good scholar if you had just like, you know, been a little bit more like mature and, you know. Yeah. So it's pretty sad. Um, uh, but you do end up learning, um, 
like the eldest princess does give you the other half. You end up getting both of the um, the overseer songs you need to open the gate. Um, the trick is the the reason why you had to go to the Moon Kingdom is because the overseer song is actually two halves of a song, and you have to play them together to get in because this is kind of a duality area. This the the Sun and Moon Kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Um, so you play it along with. Um, Miriam, she has like a little little piccolo type thing <laughs> that she plays with you, mm-hmm. like a little recorder. Uh, and then you get into the world of uh, light and dark, um, where the, the mechanic for this one is that there's these little stars, uh, and when you sing near them, they put out this bubble that you can kind of float in. Uh, and if you when you move out of the bubble, it like launches you in the direction you were moving. So you have to, but the bubble only, the like little bubble is a, is a light radius. So if there's obstacles in the way, it only covers, the bubble that you float in is only in the area where the light can shine. So they do a lot of pu- puzzles where like light is shining through certain openings and you have to get around. And, and this one I thought was like a super unique mechanic and I really, like I really thought this one felt really nice. Mm-hmm. Despite there being a couple scenarios where I died a lot. Yeah. Same. Yeah. And you are, over the course of the level, you are following around the um, moon. Is it the moon queen and the sun king or the? I think it's moon queen and sun king. Yeah. Yeah. That's and it's a And it's a mouse and then the sun king's She's She's a bat, actually. Is I she think. a bat? I think she's supposed yeah, think, to be a bat. I think it's a bat. Okay. She okay. looks like a little, like a little bumblebee mouse. She's a weird yeah. or moth or something. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think. I thought it was a moth, but I think, I think eventually it does say that she's a bat. Well, uh, based on the, based on the end credits. Cause that's in the end credits, uh, right. spoilers, but all of the, uh, all of the little fairies grow up to be the new overseers. Um, and she becomes a bat, so. Mm. Um, or yeah, he and then it's a, a bat. Frog, and then it's a frog. Yeah. So yeah, the, the fairy, the fairy for the sun one is a frog. Uh, yeah. But the the moon, the moon fairy is so cute because oh it just so wants the like, it's like super timid, and it, but it really wants to be brave. So it's like taking baby steps by helping, and like flying after yeah. you. Yeah. And it's uh, it's very cute. And then you um, end up having to save the frog, right? The frog, yeah. The frog yes, the frog has been kidnapped in, in Sun Kingdom. Yeah, because yeah. Sun King went mad and his like, and basically locked the frog into the dungeon in his yeah. in his madness, I guess. I yeah. think. And this, and so this is where where the the eye monster. Yes, um, the eye monsters. So the the Sun King has already been taken over by these like dark beasts that are spawned by the rotting overseer. Um. And so there's these weird, like, eyeball monsters, and if you get into their cone of vision, they will, like, chase you until the screen fuzzes out and you kind of die. Um, so you have to avoid their cone of vision. And there's a part near the end where you're getting the last key. Uh, they are uh, pushed back by the light radiuses, but you have to, like, go through an area of dark, grab a key, and then there's, like, a sequence where you have to platform your way back while being chased yes, by a giant yeah. eye monster. Yes. And it's oh my so God. hard. It's, yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult. And it's scary, too. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> I was, like, I, 
I hate being chased by eyeballs. Like I have this, <laughs> I had this reoccurring nightmare as a child that I haven't had in a long time where an eyeball, a single eyeball is, is a big player in it. And so like this sequence was like, ah, no, please don't, please. Oh, that's, Can we not? That's like, so specific and unfortunate. I <laughs> yes. I know, but I got through it. We got through it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you, yeah, so you free the little, uh, sun frog, um, and then you get to the, the castles where the, you actually, you help the sprites escape into the yeah. real world, cause they're like, oh shoot, the spirit world is like collapsing around us, uh, and if we stay here we'll die, can you help us? And so you help them get into the real world, and Audrey is not pleased. She's like, you are letting, like, spirit creatures out into the real world that is how you get corruption like that is not not okay that's what the giant monsters are right isn't that what we find out is that they're spirits that have escaped yeah they're the the corruption yeah the corruption things that escape so um gosh i forget i forget what the like what even the the battle is like here or are they already um, gone when you get there i feel like they're basically just like giant insane monsters. I want to say they fight each other and defeat each other and then you oh, collect. Oh, you're right. Is yeah, they're right? Two, yeah, that's where you get, yeah, that's where you get the two for achievement. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the two overseers like press into each other and they make this huge kind of like a weird spirit explosion noise and then they die. Yeah, and Audrey's like, huh, that was easy. And then a little achievement pops up that's like two for one. Right. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. And then you have to do this like the to learn their song you do like this piano yes so theirs is either um harmony or chords depending on how you look at it um is their musical element uh so yeah there's pianos and you have to jump on the keys in the correct sequence but the it's harder than it sounds because you have to not accidentally jump on the wrong keys and it's hard to it can be hard to navigate um without accidentally jumping on the wrong key yeah you have to like realize that you can jump back for me, the key was realizing I had to, I could jump back up to the original spot again and like walk over and then just plop down. Fall, yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, well, duh, if I, t- oh, it took me way too long. Yeah, so you have to do a like a Simon Says sequence with the, yeah. uh, the piano keys. One of the things that I wanted to call out about this that I thought was a really interesting choice that I'm not sure was the right one, um, is that the integrity to the song and the composition is higher than making this earth song piece fun, right? So, so you're actually playing the notes on an actual keyboard that you could go then play on a keyboard and they would be exactly the same. Um, and that doesn't necessarily, and it's based on the composition and that doesn't necessarily make it easier or funner. I don't think, but I thought it was a really interesting choice for them to make. Yeah, they they clearly cared a lot about the music because all, all the things you can do with the musical uh, mechanics, they take great care to make sure that they're harmonic with the soundscape of the game. Yeah. Um, and sorry, harmony is this one, chords is the next one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so because there's two of them, obviously, this is, you know, supposed to be. But anyway, yeah, so you get that, you get that overseer, I guess technically two notes from the Earth Song for those overseers. Um, and then you come back out and it's like, it's an eclipse and things are going badly and this like war is about to happen between these two folks. 
Um, and you end up singing a song that's like the hearts of the people from both lands, like asking their respective rulers to call off the war because they don't want to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and you stop the combat, so that's good. Yeah, the way the way I understood it is combat was going on, and they had taken yeah. a, a moment to stop. So you didn't stop a bunch of people from killing each other and hurting each other and whatnot, but you do stop further conflict. Yeah, you do stop it from continuing. Yeah. Um, so that's good. Um, but in the process uh, of like what happens in there, um, Audrey... Blasts using her uh, electric blast. Mm-hmm. She blasts Miriam pretty yeah. bad, and so Miriam is very injured uh, when you come out. Uh, and so Miriam decides she's got to go home. She's like not doing well, and she's really worried about her grandmother. And she doesn't think she can keep going. Um, so she feels bad about it, but she's not going to do the last bit with you, yep. which is sad but reasonable. Yep, because she's very hurt. Uh, so that leaves you to climb a mountain all on your own. Yep. All Except that. for with the help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think they're supposed to be seals, like flying yeah. seals. Yeah. Yeah, there's great. flying electric seals. There's a bunch of, like, uh, white eagle birds uh, in the early parts. Um, and you have to, they've been, like, um, tethered by this monster to, like, the ground. And so you have to sing to break their tethers. Uh, and so you, you free them and then they will, uh, for a limited amount of time, they will carry you and you can sing in the direction you want to go. Um, and you get. They're like bigger versions of the birds from the first act. Yeah, basically. Uh, except the birds from the first act, they only help you if you jump. Uh, whereas these guys, like, you can direct them. So they're, they're actually more like the plants from the first act. Sure. Um, yeah. In terms of you can you can Mechanics, tell which yeah. direction you can kind of steer them. So you do that first with some birds and then with some weird um, electric dugong seals. <laughs> I don't know. They're cool. Right. They, they you like feed them gems and then they have enough electric power to send you on. But that's it. Also starts to get very very windy yeah. uh, at the top of the mountain. Um, so you you have to you know be careful. Uh, and you, you go in the direction of the wind when you need it. Oh, you also go through a cave where there's a bunch of bugs. Yes. Uh, and you have to not step on the bugs. And then the, afterwards, the bugs are so happy that you didn't step on them that they'll help you get through the rest of the cave. Yeah. Yes. That, oh, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, oh yeah, it's literally, the chapter is literally called Seals. Um, okay. so I guess they are seals. They don't look much like seals. Uh, um, but anyway, so you get to the top of the mountain. Um, there's a big old, like, wolf beast at the top of the mountain with glowing eyes. Um, and it traps you and, uh, Audrey in a cave. Um, and it takes Audrey's sword. And so, uh, you have to get through the cave with the help of the bugs. And Audrey is, like, super skeptical, like, wait, bugs are your friends? Uh, and you also force her to promise that, um, she will not try and kill the overseers before you get the rest of the earth song that she'll let you try and at least do your solution first. Uh, and you, she, she like really, really doesn't want to agree to that Mm -hmm. because she's like, no, this is my sacred duty as the hero. I can't just like promise that away because this is like a commitment I've made. Um, 
But on the other hand, she can't get out on her own without you. So she's forced to eventually promise this. Yeah. Um, and you, you make it to the end of the mountain. Um, and you jump down. There's like this, God, what even is it? It's like the top of a mountain on top of a lava flow. There's like yeah, a I think rock on top of a lava flow or something. I, I think it's supposed to be a volcano. Yeah. It's supposed to be like an active volcano. So yeah. you get to the very top of the mountain and then there's the steep cliff into the, into the, you know, the imagine how we all imagine a volcano, you know, where it's got that lava pool at the top. You know, it's Mount Mordor, right? Like, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but there's there's something you can stand on though. Basically, yeah, (laughs) yeah, obviously it's active and bubbling. Obviously, just Um, so you so you find out that this giant wolf thing is actually the last overseer who's in this world now because the spirit world has collapsed um, as of the last chapter. So um, Audrey agrees that you'll she'll like help defend you while you try and sing to it because apparently the it like used to love song, and so um, you you know you get a chance to uh, to like uh, knock it out. It's like paralyze it, and then while it's paralyzed, you sing to it, and as you sing to it, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Uh, and so it looks like it's working, like you're actually bringing it back to its right mind. Uh, and then Audrey just sweeps in and kills it, yep. uh, which is. A super sucky thing to do. I was like super willing to give her a chance and have this yeah. be a like, yeah. you know, everyone deserves a chance. Like you, anybody can be reasoned with type story. Yep. But apparently she can't. She's just a jerk. Yeah, and you have this whole big conversation with her about how she's like, you confirm that she's very insecure and that before she got the sword and became the confirmed hero, she was sort of a nobody, and. You know, you have this heart to heart with her, and then she comes back and and goes back on her word, and it's like, oh, just completely stabs you in the back. Like, come it's on, the Audrey, come on, like try, <laughs> try to play by this game's rules. Yeah, and yeah. like, it's not like it would hurt her in any way to let you try first. Like, you're not saying that like if it doesn't work, she can't do what she was gonna do anyway. She's just, you're just asking her to let you try the nonviolent solution first, and she is so concerned that you might be the hero instead yep. of her, that yep. she can't handle it. I think yep. at, at this point, it's also confirmed that, uh, she basically has parted ways with the rainbow hair girl, because That's right. you know, she was sick of the rainbow hair girl kind of trying to tell her how to go about her quest, so she's just like, I don't want to talk to you anymore, go away. Yeah. Yeah. So Audrey, not a great person, <laughs> kind of a dick. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So you you do end up once again. You have to learn post mortem the note. Um, this guy's musical element is uh, chords. So there are like these strings that you have to pluck in the right direction, uh, which is sort of interesting. It's kind of a weird one. It's <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. but it's cool. I don't know if I ever figured out the proper combination of directional inputs. I felt like I was just doing it arbitrarily, and I ended up getting through that segment, so I'm not entirely sure what my goal was. Yeah. He, so he releases, he releases some big, these big directional arrows, and you have to move to one of the strings and pluck 
a, a note in that direction across the string, and you have to do all however many notes he releases. You have to do that many strings before they disappear. But it gives you a long leeway, so it's yeah. pretty easy to do accidentally. And, and what's really interesting too that uh, took me a moment was it doesn't matter what order yeah. you yes. do them in, and, yeah. and like the first or time which I thought string I was like, you do them on, right? I was like, do I have to do it in a specific order, or like start from the left and move to the right, or? something and it's just the answer is no you just do them yeah that's yeah uh, that's so, what felt arbitrary to me but yeah yeah it is well yeah, yeah it is very so, arbitrary yeah. at, at least uh, i mean at least they didn't have to make me like form a an actual chord because uh, yeah. i would not be able to do that i am not not adept with stringed instruments or any instruments at all really <laughs> so yeah yeah so, so you, in the end, there's only one overseer left, um, and it's back in Langtree where you started in your little village, and it's the King of Dreams who you met first. Um, so you find your way back to the village. I, does Audrey, or does uh, Miriam take you there? Because I know you reunite with Miriam at some point around here. I think at this point, because I don't think you go back back to Langtree until after everything is over. If I recall correctly, because there's this whole sequence where you're no, talking with Marianne. There's about. a whole section where like the city is destroyed and That's everything right. is like That's right. falling apart and dark purple and like the dream crazy stuff is dark. All... Yeah, yeah, the the worlds are leaking together. Everything is terrible. That's it's right. like shit is going bonkers at this I, point. Yeah, I think Miriam comes back and she takes you and she talks about how, yeah, hitting, getting hit by that lightning is is worse than it seems, you know, and and it hits you on an emotional level too and. She's good yeah. now, and let's go finish this. Yeah, and she's like, you know, I was really just worried about my grandma, but she seems like she's doing okay. She's protecting this town. Um, so, yeah, so you head back to Langtree. Everything is, like, blown up and falling apart, and, like, the sky is cracking in half, and everything's, yeah. like, yeah. in shades of, like, purple and neon and, and it's, dark. It's very apocalyptic. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. They do a real good job of selling it. Yeah. Purple gets a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, purple does. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah, they use a really interesting, like, literally neon palette for the, for these scenes. Like, everything is like, like, looks like a rave. It's pretty intense. Um, so you go back into the, uh, the world of the Dream King, who has sort of become the Nightmare King, um, and you try and defend him from Audrey, since he's the last one, and he's, the, his is the last note you need. Um, and so there's a there's an actual fight sequence where it's you and the Nightmare King and Miriam versus uh, Audrey. You're trying to like distract Audrey so Miriam can take her sword because she can't do anything without her sword. Uh, and the the Nightmare King is sort of indiscriminately throwing attacks, but you do you can direct them slightly towards Audrey. Uh, mm-hmm. But if they hit you, they will hurt you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's a very chaotic segment. Yeah, and yeah. you you almost make it, uh, but then you don't. Yeah, and, yeah. And Audrey yeah. kills the last uh, the last overseer, and the world goes like black and white and grainy. Yep. And you have to do a thing where you get to the top of the tower and you ring the bell. Yeah. Uh, and then it goes through a sort of cycle of each of the. Um, 
each of the different overseer notes that you got of the earth song. Um, so you ring the bell and you play the pipes and you, you know, you play the, uh, the stringed instruments and the piano and the, you do the rhythm game and you do like all of these little like song games that you've done, uh, for like at least two repetitions. Yeah. Um, and as you do that, like everybody that you've met in the world so far, like starts to kind of sing along with you. Um, and it's been established at this point that in the past, that this is not like the first time the universe has ended. Uh, the goddess like ends the universe all the time whenever it gets old and makes a new one. Um, and in most of the, and she always picks a hero by giving everybody the same dream uh, and then testing them in that dream. And then everybody forgets the dream except the person who is the true hero. Uh, and they always destroy the universe. And in some past universes, some people attempted to get the notes for the Earth song, but it never works. Mm-hmm. Like it has never in the past worked because everybody has to sing it. It's not as simple as being a fetch quest. Yeah. Um, it has to be about the world being in harmony. Mm-hmm. So as you're singing these notes, you're getting everybody that you've met so far in the world to kind of sing with you. Uh, and the you sing together enough that the harmonic song um, catches the attention of the goddess as she's creating the new universe. And she brings your world, I guess, your planet, question mark, yeah. uh, into the new universe uh, as she's creating it so you, you don't get destroyed. Yep. And you also, is this, during this segment, you see all of the, uh, no, that's during the credits, where you see all of the fairies sort of, yeah. Grow up to be the new overseers. Yeah. yeah. In every case, they become less cute. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> and all of them, it's interesting that all of them are a gender inversion of whatever. So like everyone who is a queen of blank becomes king of blank for the new one. And all the kings of blank become queen of blank yeah. for the new one. Um, did, did I, wasn't there a, oh, the last one, the wolf was like the king of heart. Um, right. That's right. That was I was like, heart. one of them was heart, wasn't they? Yeah. I yeah. Think so. I think that was my favorite fairy. Also, it was just a little puppy. So, so your, your world is restored. You get to wander around and, and talk to all the people over the credits scene and see the, uh, the new, the fairies graduate to being the new overseers. As far as I know, they never address what happened to Audrey. I don't yeah. think they do. Yeah. They don't. There's kind of a, I wonder where she is. She's just disappeared. No one's seen her since. And it's like, well. I understand that there's some kind of secret ending you can get if you play something based on, like, the notes in the sky in the last scene. Yep. Um, But I I have not tried it, so I don't know what it is. Yeah, I've done it. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. It's it's cute. It It just takes you to a little area where um, the developers are all there, and you just talk to them. And they talk a little bit about their experience making this game, and and it's it's Aww. very sweet. Yeah, so. yeah. So they just have their little in-game personas, and there's just the three of them. So it's it's not like a big area <laughs> or sequence. Yeah, yeah. And then it unlocks the commentary track. I don't know if you have to do that to get the commentary track, or if you get it just after the first I, completion of the game. I think you do because I don't think I have the commentary track. So. Okay, yeah. So if you so there's a commentary track and you can play through it. And that's why I remember a lot of the game pretty well is because 
I've been playing. I haven't finished all of the commentary yet, but been playing through the the commentary track and it's very sparse at the beginning, but then once you get to act 4, it's like, "Oh no, so many commentary bubbles." <laughs> and you're just like, "Oh my gosh, I'm never uh, I'm never going to get so, through all this commentary." Well, that's, yeah, when, exactly. that's when they started having things to say. Yeah, so. exactly. Well, and that they remembered cuz I, I don't know how true this is, but in one of the commentary spots or maybe on a Reddit thread or something that I read, Greg said that he mainly, for the most part, wrote and made the game in order, roughly speaking. Um, and so I think, you know, at some level it makes sense that you wouldn't really quite remember everything. <laughs> some earlier stuff. You know, yeah, three years ago, sense. you know, stuff like that. So Yeah, yeah I, I remember there being something about how, like, he was writing it, but there was, like, one element that was missing... And I think that was the Earth song ended up like being sort of the element that brought everything and tied it all together. Um, I might be misremembering. Ironically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was the secret bit. It was nice. It was. I'll nice. have to see if I can check that out. Yeah. There's... Um, yeah. So you basically you basically do the musical equivalent of the spirit bomb from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no! It's so accurate. <laughs> and uh and save the world. Yep. And everything's fixed and good. And you don't save the universe. I feel like I should emphasize. The universe does reset. It's just that you get to keep your world and the people on it. Until the next time. Yeah. yeah. Until the next time. I feel like they do kind of gloss over that, but that's fine. It's fine. Everything if, like, that is important was saved. Yeah, honestly, if the universe if the universe was destroyed tomorrow, but the Earth was fine, I don't think like most people wouldn't mind that much. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's basically the whole game. It's got a really good arc. Um, <clears throat> it's very very cute, uh, and the the mechanics are are good. As we said, I think like they're they're di- they managed to do a diverse amount of things with a single simple mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um and it's all pretty well tutorialized with maybe one or two exceptions. It's always like pretty clearly scaffolded and indicated what you need to do and like you you know learn each level as you're going through it um and all those pieces. Mm-hmm. Um what was I going to say? Oh, th- this keeps happening to me today. I keep <laughs> Having something to say and then forgetting it. Um, That's why you have to take notes. Yeah, I know. Uh, eh, It probably wasn't important. Oh, no, Um, I was going to talk about the art and how uh, mm -hmm. I was consistently very impressed with just how much they were able to do with pretty simple polygonal shapes and gradients. Yeah. Um, Yeah, the mm -hmm. art is very simple, and especially the main character has, like, just a like smiley face, like two round yeah. eyes and a little, little, so a little round mouth. Yeah. Uh, but that makes them able to make him pretty expressive, uh, and to concentrate more on like the animations for like his dances and things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you know, it, most other people's faces have a little bit more detail to them. Yeah. yeah. It was also interesting to me, uh, which sort of sounds like it would make sense if with the idea that the game was basically made linearly uh how the color palettes became more refined as mm-hmm. you progressed through the game like there were some parts in the beginning that were just way too many very loud bold colors all over the place clashing with each other and i was like i really hope that this isn't 
how the entire game is going to look. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then it didn't. And then it and then it became uh, more unified as yeah, and as the, as the story matures, right? Yeah, because and, like the story goes from being really kind of classically black and white storytelling with like super you know, sort of cheesiness to the adventure to being kind of more mature and nuanced at the same rate as the color palette, more or less. Oh, that was the other thing I wanted to say. When I started this game, I did not expect uh, both the scope and the nuance that this game delivered. Like, I was expecting it to just be, like, cute and lighthearted throughout and not have any, like, big, dramatic tonal shifts or in-depth character you know, explorations, and I was... What was that? I do not know. We still uh, got everybody? Is everybody still, still here? here. Okay. Hello? That was okay. Uh, yeah, I, I was... <laughs> the overseers are collapsing! Yeah, oh, right. No. We gotta, look, we all gotta sing the song. You guys. Okay. That's gonna be rough. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I was both surprised and impressed by the, the depth and nuance that this game ended up delivering. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like I was... um, I kind of liked it in spite of myself in certain ways. Um, (laughs) Because there is... We talked about this a little bit with Abzu. um, But so, um, Jackie, since I I doubt you've heard of Abzu because it's so obscure. I've actually Uh, heard of Abzu, but I haven't played it. Nice. Yeah, it's coming yeah. to Switch. I've got Everything's coming to the Switch. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Are, are you familiar with the general gist of Abzu? Uh, my understanding is you're basically snorkeling or scuba diving, and it's okay, a very yeah. so zen it's, experience. Yeah, it's if you've ever played Journey, it's yes. Journey but underwater. Okay, okay. This basically, and we talked a lot in that episode when we covered that game um, about how, like, it's very dangerous for a game to set itself in direct comparison with a masterpiece, yeah. right? Because you can't help but fall short. Um, and so for Abzu, that was a problem because Journey is so good. Yeah. And Abzu is very good, but it can't, you know, you can't be Journey again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, in some ways, I felt like this game was setting itself up to be compared to Undertale a little bit. Um, because it's very much a game that's interrogating the necessity of violence as a mechanic in video games. Uh, and that made me, like, predisposed to make some pretty unfavorable comparisons, um, which I think is not fair to this game. Because it's not really trying to be Undertale, and which is, you can't be Undertale, right? Like, you yeah. can't do that again. Um and I think it it succeeds well on what it's trying to do on its own merits, and it's it's not fair to like to directly try and and juxtapose those two. Yeah, and and to to talk on that because because I am I am someone of a very unpopular set of opinions where Undertale didn't speak to me personally, right? Like, because I, I found Undertale extremely cynical, right? Um, so did just you play to, the did you play the true pacifist ending? Well, yeah, I mean, 
I didn't finish it myself. I've only ever just watched playthroughs of it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So because I just, you know, I got to the point playing it where I was like, this is infuriating for me because it's so difficult. It's so difficult to do what I want to do. And at some level, I could tell what its message was, at least at the surface level. And I was like, I'm not interested because I know I, I agree. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um, and so Wandersong, like I didn't, when I was introduced to Wandersong, it was just kind of a pure chance on Twitter thing. And I was like, oh, a cute game about singing. Like I like singing. Like maybe I'll like that game. And then it just, it came out at, a, at the right moment for me in my life. And I was just like, I really need something wholesome. So I wasn't <laughs> going in expecting this message, but I really appreciated it and it really spoke to me on a way in a way that Undertale didn't because it's not cynical um, and it is taking the perspective of okay so you know you hear the call of can we do games that are nonviolent can we do games well that have mechanics that are not based on violent mechanics right that are not just a violent mechanic covered with you know, rainbows and kitty cats, you know, like, cause there are a lot of games like that out there that are violent mechanics that are inspired from violent mechanics, fighting, battles, competition. Yeah, you're, you're, you're Mario's and things yeah. where you're like, you know, it's, it's fun and cartoony, but you are actively killing your enemies. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so, you know, let's hear that call and, Let's try and make a game like that. But then also still continuing that message. And so I see it kind of as not not as necessary direct comparison, but kind of like, okay, like here's the next progression of that is like, okay, yeah. so here's a game that is nonviolent, that that takes an honest attempt to really kind of look at an idea for a nonviolent mechanic. Um, and still talking about that and being very conscious that that is yeah. what it's trying to do. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it's, it's what I think the similarity is, is that it's not just a game in which there is a nonviolent mechanic, because there are plenty of games that do sure. have violence. Yeah. I, I don't know about very much, but it is one of the themes in the game is about the, is the constant comparison between the bard character and Audrey and like Audrey as this sort of hyper goals focused, like only understands violence kind of typical quote unquote gamer type character, um, who gets all the achievements, right? Who just wants the satisfaction of being quote unquote the hero, um, uh, over, over all other costs, uh, versus, you know, this idea of like, well, but what if we focused more around like social interaction and other things and, you know, tried to do something else in the bard character, which I think is a, you know, whether other games have done it before or not, um, is still a valuable, um, a valuable thing to interrogate. It's still, you know, by no means a solved problem, uh, in games. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, So speaking about violence, um, and comparison to Undertale, because I have a note on this and it's, I'm going to say the same thing I said about Undertale when we talked about it mm -hmm. is that, I still consider it violence. Like if you're if you're faced with an opponent and your option is to sing against it to defeat that opponent, that's still violence for me. Yeah, and and Carl, I would agree with you, and I think that that's kind of what you see from the beginning, and that it kind of changes as it goes on, and that the singing mechanic at the very beginning is 
like initially like against the ghosts and against the troll at the beginning, that monster um, you sing against them. And that is kind of that analog to, to violence. Um, and then but then as the game progresses, it moves away from that. I don't know if I 100% agree with that, because even in the, like, last fight with Audrey, you're still, like, shooting stars into her and, like, having giant thorns. Oh, you're like, totally fighting Audrey. Her. You definitely are fighting Audrey. And, yeah. and the wolf. I mean, I, I, you know, granted that that's, like, you are you are providing more defense in the wolf fight than attack. Audrey's doing most of the attacking, and you're just shielding her. Yeah, but um, that's, that's set up as, like, a traditional fight. Yeah, and that's that's fair. That's a fair commentary on it. Um, but I think, yeah, it would be nice if there was a to, to get a game like this, a game that specifically interrogates violence, where the nonviolent alternative was not a cipher for violence. Yeah, and I think where, the, like, I... the nonviolent tournament uh, uh, alternative is like literally you go off and farm somewhere or something instead yeah. of uh, instead of yeah. fighting. And I think I think they do succeed with that in in some areas, right? Like maybe not in every single interaction, but like, you know, going and getting coffee for the for the guy, you know, there's finding the band and the overseer songs like none of those are violent, right? The overseer songs are all nonviolent. The earth songs are all nonviolent. There's a lot of things you do that are very like socially oriented in the game. And and that's presented as the strength of the bard, right? The -hmm. strength of the bard is his ability to move minds and hearts with his song as opposed to like just taking, you know, the more blunt approach. Yeah. But yeah, there's, but Carl, that's a very good point, you know, to bring up that yes, there are definitely points in the game though, where the mechanic just turns into an analog again for violence. Um, and that, that would be interesting to really dig deeper into those specific scenes and see, you know, why or what the motivations might be. Cause like, you know, sometimes you can justify it, right? Well, he has decided to help Audrey, so inherently it's going to be, you know, an analog for violence because she is violent, you know, and that is what she does. But then in other places, maybe it's not. Maybe it was a failing um, of the developers to not realize that they had just done an analog for violence. No. Um, but it's it's interesting, and I, I, I like to see games that, you know, that try to have something to say, and I appreciate this game for doing so. Yeah. Um, I had a couple other game comparisons that I wanted to, to contrast it with. Uh, Aquaria. So Aquaria is another game where you have like a music mechanic, uh, which lets you like transform into different forms. Um, but I think music is not really, except for like one callback at the end, music is not really integrated into the game in Aquaria in the way that it is in this. Like, music is very much an incidental mechanic in Aquaria, whereas in this, music is, like, part of the fundamental, like, everything you do and everything you experience in the game has some music or music integration in it, which I very much appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one was Child of Light. Yes. Um, <laughs> I have yeah. this as well. Yeah, so Child of Light was a game that ostensibly was about, like, storybooks and poetry, and it had no conception of poem, of poetry and poetic form at all. 
It just had rhyme in it. Yeah. Like, there was no rhythm or meter or consistent syllable usage. It just rhymed. Just and it was the worst. As far as yeah. Oh, yeah, not even couplets, because, like, they're not in any sort of meter, and they don't, like, they don't rhyme at an appropriate line length. It's just, it's it was awful. Um, and you can't game, even read it, because you yeah. don't see the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. The, and the game was fine, but the writing was so bad. And I appreciate that in this game, which is a game about music, they clearly took a lot of care to make the music good and mm-hmm. to, like, care about the music and how the music is formed and how it's used in the game. Uh, and it was such a relief. <laughs> um, yeah. I was thinking Shadow Light, but not in the same way. <laughs> yeah. Because I was thinking Shadow Light because... I was so annoyed with the dialogue in this game. <laughs> you didn't like it? It's, it's very, like, modern, quippy sort of. Yeah, it's like very flash. much like watching a Twitter feed. Yeah, I had the same, <laughs> I had the same feeling. Um, it didn't, it didn't annoy me per se, but every, like, every time something like that came up in the dialogue, all I could think of was, wow, this is really, really gonna date this game. Within, yeah, I thought within, that too. you know, two years, three years, whatever. Um, yeah, because it's so slang heavy. You're like, Ugh, people can, will definitely be able to tell that this is like circa 2018. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was not bad, but it just it just stuck out to me, and it was so present that I couldn't just like ignore it. <laughs> yeah, and and like right from the beginning, because the Rainbow Girl talks with a lot yeah. of like. You know, in a, in a lot of modernisms. Yeah. <laughs> right yeah. Off the bat. Or like the it's all... King specifically says, like, no, I'm not feeling it. Which is... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> and a, a lot of the writing is, like, not a dialogue you have in real life. It's like an online written dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's it reminds me of kind of like a, a Gilmore Girls style, like, you know, pithier than the real world kind of... Yeah. Uh, dialogue, which is not, uh, not necessarily unpleasant. Like, I didn't find the, unlike Carl, Carl and I, you disagree, we disagree on most things. Um, <laughs> I didn't find it unpleasant, but I agree, Kelso, that I did, I did look at it and go like, mmm, that's not gonna age well. Yeah. So, all, all of these, all of these game comparisons, and am I the, am I the only one who got really strong Night in the Woods vibes? No. The, the cut is, it's probably the art style, right? The it's, cutout art style is very similar. The art style, the platforming, the, the way that your character moves around felt really similar to the way that you move around, uh, in Night in the Woods. And also yeah. just the idea of, th- there are a lot of points in this game where you're just doing things to help people, like very small, very personal stories that sort of end up coalescing into something much bigger, which is, Sort yeah, of very nice. How Woods. Night in the Woods ends up being, yeah, a little bit. I guess yeah. Night in the Woods doesn't coalesce quite as much. Yeah, but... no, it doesn't. But it 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 does sort of come to a head. Uh, it, yeah, it, without necessarily tying things together, but just the idea of like a, a lot of uh, smaller, more personal quests, for lack of a better word. Um, yeah, I, I kept especially in. Kismas, Chismas, whatever. Especially there, mm-hmm. I felt it. Mm-hmm. Um, with the the revolutionary planning of the subterfuge. 
against the factory. Yeah. There's also a little thing you can do at the end of Delphi where you can like there's a little shy girl in the town and if you get real oh, yeah, close yeah. to her she'll sing you a song and you can hook her up with like the critic guy. Yes, I did do that. Oh, I didn't find that. That's great. Yeah. If you yeah, cuz she she says like, "Oh yeah, no, I I wrote this song for a boy who's like blonde and like, you know, yes, and I don't know what I would do." Yeah, oh my I don't gosh. know what I would do if he ever heard it. So if you go and sing that to the critic guy, he's like, whoa, that song. And like, it's like not very good. And you're like, you should be more nice because someone who loves you wrote that song for you. And he's like, what for me? And yeah, then you hook them up. It's very Aww. cute. Yeah, it's, it's pretty sweet. And, and the idea of like getting a band together, which is exactly uh, a thing that you do in Night in the Woods. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the developer has played Night in the Woods oh, yeah. and was inspired partly by it. I know for a fact that the developer mentions that the only reason why they started making Wonder Song was because of the success of Undertale. Interesting. Um, yeah, and apparent and some of the movement stuff. I, I think he 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 did mention at one point that the developer um, that he had someone because he's not a very great programmer himself. Greg isn't. Um, and so he had someone else program a friend program the, uh, uh, all of the collision mechanics in it. And then he never touched the code. And that's why it's <laughs> kind of buggy. Um, which explains that. a lot, but yeah. I, I wonder if it's the night in the woods guy. Cause I think they're friends. I don't know, How but interesting. he's Greg's a part of a pretty tight knit community yeah. of, of indies. And so, um, they did, they did a really interesting thing. Um, mechanically in this where there's a lot of areas that are vertical where you like jump and then you're on a different plane of the background yeah um and that felt really good most of the time but sometimes visually it was very hard to distinguish like what is foreground and what is background and what you can land on and what you can't so yep 100 percent. i think part of that's the art too yeah, because i found that was less of a problem as the game went on and so i wonder if it was part of that art comment that Kelso made was yeah. it was just kind of like I, I feel like it might even just be like as the color palettes get more limited you sort of end up relying more on atmospheric perspective which mm. automatically gives you a sense of depth but I'd have yeah, to actually it's like go oh back this and... is in focus and this isn't and you can see like when you switch layers it changes what's in mm-hmm. focus in a really interesting way so yeah. so one of the interesting interesting things about that is every time I got lost in one of those places I, I finally found it, and there was a sign. Yeah. <laughs> the devil put like a sign. A sign pointing at it. Yeah. <laughs> and you were That's like, a good oh. sign. That's a sign that they play tested and yeah. <laughs> experienced this before. Yeah. All right. All right. So, um. I'm looking at the clock, and I know you guys have like a hard out, so. Yeah, oh, yeah we do, do have to go pretty soon. Um, but is there, is there any other stuff that, uh, like people want to, like, want to say, want to talk about any other, like, burning points? I think I we guess, did most of the stuff that was on my notes. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the, the only thing, last thing that I kind of wanted to mention about it that I don't think we've talked about is there's a heart to heart moment that the bard and Miriam have about the bard always being happy. And not actually being good at expressing his feelings and his, his darker and more negative feelings. And as, as an outgoing and very happy person, I 
very, 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 very much relate with the Bard on that level and, and in a lot of ways. And so for me personally, this game was really interesting on an emotional level because I've, there aren't very many games, even, you know, regardless if we talk about violence or nonviolence, which everyone's going to be talking about with this game moving forward. But just talking on a personal level, like, the Bard's character is pretty insufferable, but like, <laughs> I, I am too, like, and so I don't see a lot of characters like the Bard, or even like Miriam, really, and the two of them together, cause I also, they're kind of like little angels and demons on my shoulder, you know, sort of a thing, and so it was really nice to see that in, in a game, and to take a very honest perspective on that sort of character and personality, where yeah, you know, like, these sorts of people are can be very insufferable, but also, you know, we love them and we love them for these reasons, you know. And and that's true for a lot of the different characters, not just the bard. You yeah. know, for Miriam. Yeah, I was gonna say it's you know, it's interesting that they take a lot of um like what are I would consider sort of archetypical stereotypes, character stereotypes, um, and they actually give them breathing time and give them time to explore the depth of that. Because like, you know, the fresh faced heroic like naive hero is almost a cliche, but they don't let it just sit at that, right? They get more into depth about sort of the his motivations and where that's all coming from and who he really is, yeah. which is like, which is uh, you know appreciated, I would say. Yeah, I just find it really interesting because I agree with Carl that the that the writing is kind of like yeah, like this is mm, like it does it does. <laughs> yeah, it reads yes. twee and, and, and doesn't, it's not, I, I don't know what to say. It's like, it's not well written, but it has a really good narrative and it's well written. Like in one sense, it's well written and in one sense, it's not. Yeah, and I don't know how to reconcile that. Yeah, the dialogue is, is kind of, um, like cheesy and not overwrought, but like over casual. Sure. Maybe uh, it needed an editor, like having an editor I, on this would have helped. I don't know. I think the, the, the writing, the dialogue writing is what it is for the style of the game, which is like yeah. excessively cute, which is, I think it's a choice. I don't mm. think it's like poorly done so much as it, it was a choice that is not going to be a choice that appeals to everybody. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely like you like it or you don't. And it's very much of the modern kind of slang of its time. And it, that, fits a little better in something like Night in the Woods, which is very much grounded in a specific real time and trying to evoke something very specific. But this is more attempting to be the kind of timeless adventure story. Mm-hmm. So the juxtaposition of the kind of modern uh, modern writing and modern dialogue um, and that kind of hyper-twee sort of uh, you know writing is a little bit more jarring, I would mm-hmm. say, in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, as I say, I think it's a, a personal taste thing, yeah. which it's fine. It's fine if you don't like it. <laughs> like that's perfectly understandable. Um, I don't know. That's all I got. That's yeah. I think I we've hit all the points. So I guess yeah. I'll introduce the next game since I'm. I don't want you guys to be late for your thing. <laughs> yeah. No. That's, I think we're about at that point anyway. Yeah, so I, I will make it very brief. Uh, our next game will be Arcane Golf, which uh, I don't know a lot about it. I saw it on Twitter. It came out uh, at the end of July, and I thought it looked interesting. 
So I decided that And it was on it was on super sale yeah. uh, for the fall sales. So we yeah. all picked it so up. So I so I just added it into the the Feedback Force Games Hopper and here we are. Uh it was developed and published by a company called Gold 5 Games. Again, I don't know anything about them. I will do I'll do a little more research for next time. Uh but yep. basically this is a magic mini golf puzzle game. Uh, directly from the Steam page, Arcane Golf is a miniature golf puzzle game set in a fantasy world full of dungeons, dangers, gems, and geometry. So, yeah, it, it looks like it's a little, like, physics pachinko kind of, like, ping a thing around a stage, like, pinballish feeling thing. Yeah, I, I'm interested with, in the juxtaposition, that juxtaposition between that and golf. Uh, I assume I my assumption going here's my prediction is that the only way that golf is going to really come into it is that the levels are going to have a par where you have to try and do it in under a certain amount of shots. Yeah, I I predict that's going to be the only golf like reference in this game. I mean, I'm looking at the screenshots now and I, I would say that you're probably pretty on the mark there. But it looks it's like get from start to goal in under X shots. Yeah, but it, it looks that's fine. It looks interesting. Like I, I guess I haven't seen a lot of mini golf games, but I've definitely seen not seen a mini golf game that looks like this. So yeah, it looks like it's going to be a fun physics puzzler, and yeah. I'm always up for a fun physics puzzler. Yeah. So and it'll be a nice change of pace since we have a tendency to go with more narrative-focused games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess we'll All see right. how much we come up to talk about with this one. Yep. All right. So we will do that in two weeks. Mark your calendars. Mark your calendars. Uh, so let's do plugs then. Uh, plugs. Yes. Hello. I'm Kelso. You can find me on Twitter, at Kelso Time Bomb. Uh, you can also find me pretending to be us. Uh, <laughs> on the Feedback Force podcast Twitter at Feedback Force. That's that. Uh, I am at Kyla underscore Go on Twitter. Um, I also have a weekly stream on Sunday mornings where I stream old classic games um, that I didn't get to play when they were new. So currently we are playing uh, Metal Gear Solid. We just had our first fight with Sniper Wolf this morning, uh, which was interesting. And, uh, and completely failed the torture sequence. Uh, yeah, so that's a fun time. That's twitch.tv slash cage tiger, spelled with a K, uh, and that's Sunday mornings at 10. And follow me on Twitter if you want to see game updates and schedule updates. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter on at scug3. Right, and Jackie, what do you have to plug today? Yeah, um, my name is Jackie Kreitzberg. You can find me on Twitter at Jackie Cry, K-R-E-I. Um, no underscores, spaces, or anything like that. Yeah, that's that's me. And and also, uh, you are working oh, on a yeah. game that has a website. Yeah, yes. I also, yes, sorry. <laughs> I also um, am the persona, well, run our, the Wintermore Twitter, so Wintermore Tactics Club. Uh, so you can find us on Twitter at Wintermore TC, or you can find our website, which is the same name, www.wintermoretc.com. Come check it out. Yeah, that's the game that I'm writing for, and Jackie yeah. is the producer. Yeah, it's a narrative battle tactics game, so lots of narrative, but also battle tactics. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Hopefully it that'll is. be coming out sometime next year. Yeah. Nice. 
All right. Thanks for spending time, everybody. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Yeah, and thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. It's been great. Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. All right. See you guys later. Bye. Bye. Bye.